This show is brought to you by the Cash App, the number one finance app in the App Store. You probably know Cash App is the easiest way to send money to your friends, but Cash App does way more than that. Cash App also comes with the Cash Card, a free debit card that comes with boosts, which are like instant rewards for shopping at the places you already love. You can get up to 10% off your entire purchase at DoorDash and even save every time you shop at Whole Foods, Target, and more. Cash App is also the easiest way to try and grow your money with their new investing feature. I'm very excited about this because unlike investing tools that force you to buy entire shares of stock, Cash App lets you instantly invest as little or as much as you want. This way you can still own a piece of any stock with just one dollar. Brokerage services. Benton, can you say it? Brokerage services. Wow, that was good. Are provided by Cash App Investing, a subsidiary. Subsidiary? Subsidiary. Of Square and member SIPC. I'm also excited to be working with the Cash App to support one of my favorite organizations, the Trevor Project. When you sign up for Cash App and use the promo code Whitney, uh, not only will you instantly receive $10, but the Cash App will also donate $10 to the Trevor Project. Uh, keep me alive. <laughs> An amazing organization that provides crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to LGBT. Oh my gosh. P, that's a new one. Oh what is that? Oh my gosh, you don't know about that yet. <laughs> LGBTQ. Piranhas. LGBTQ. That's a P, right? Youth across America. What happened was I had gotten everything right and then I started to psych myself out right at the buzzer. So download the Cash app from the App Store today. Do it, do it, do it. I did it. Someone make Dave a coffee, please. Thanks, Fast. Chris, Dave. Also, did one of our things just fall? Yeah. Okay, let's not deal with it right now, and let's get this rock star. Wow, and then what does that do? A fresh pot. That is if we want to pull something up while we're... Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. While we're talking. Like, if you're like, who is Whitney Cummings? We can Google it. He can yell it <laughs> at us. What? <laughs> And if you want to Google something, like Google Dave Grohl, mm-hmm. David Grohl, were you Either, born Dave or David? I was born David Grohl. David. Mm-hmm. Um, we can look shit up if we want to or not. Wow, this is fun. It's kind of fancy, right? This yeah. is a new thing. Comedy is dead, so podcasting is all we have left. Bullshit. Well, t- TV is dead. How about that? Bull- really? Kind of. So people just do podcasts? Well, I think- oh my God, do you want to hear something crazy? Yes. Are we already doing this? I think so. So- one of my old friends from Washington, D.C., who was a punk rock kid when we were punk rock kids okay. um, back in the 80s, he lived in town, and his brother was in a great band uh-huh. called King Face that were really awesome. Google it. And uh, he went off to college and did stuff, and now he's the editor of Bon Appetit. What? Adam Rappaport. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. And I did his podcast. And how did it go? It was great. Did you ever talk about food? Yeah, because I do barbecue stuff. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah. And so I've um, heard about this. We so I wound up on a super foodie podcast. Do you have a green egg? I have many green eggs. Yeah. Is yeah. That, that That's like if I'm just kind of hanging out doing uh, stuff. Oh, that's not like a fancy one? No, then I've got like the big ones. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever done a barbecue competition? No. I feel weird about that. Why? Well, it's like having a drumming competition or something. Because you would win? No. <laughs> it wouldn't be a competition no, if you were there. No, it's just I, it it's subjective, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's, plus, I'm, you know, oh. I do it sort of recreationally, 
And then I will cook for people sometimes. Sometimes I'll cater. Like really? I've got to cook next weekend for a thousand people. For who? Are, are, At the Harley this, Davidson dealership in Santa Clarita. Are you paid for this? No. What? I've never been paid for making food. Question. Yeah. Is being a good drummer lend itself to being a good barbecuer? Well, you get paid for that. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't. It's the same. You know, I have to be honest. Well, this is sort of part of what I talked about with my friend Adam Rappaport was that um, cooking and preparing food for people is not unlike uh, making music and performing for people. Very true. They're very similar. Very true. In that the preparation in making a recipe or preparing something uh-huh. is not unlike writing a song and recording it and then serving as like performing. It's very fulfilling to watch someone get nourished by something you made. Not that I've ever had that experience. I think you might be the same in that when you go up on stage yep. to go like do comedy and yep. stuff, you want people to mm-hmm. you're there for them. However, I do think though there's now that I've been doing stand up for a long time, it, it hasn't lost its joy, but there's definitely more pressure like doing something I didn't get paid for or that people didn't buy tickets for, I feel like I would get that feeling back. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cooking for someone I think actually might be even more rewarding. Do you want to do stand-up at the Harley thing? Yeah, I kind of do. Do you want to do that? I'll do a type five before your ribs come out. Sure. (laughs) Wait, in Santa Clarita? Yeah. Isn't it on fire? I hope not. Not because of your barbecuing. I don't mean that. Yeah. That's terrifying. Actually, one of the first big things that I did because I've been cooking for a long time, and um, and when they had all those crazy Malibu fires, yep, last year I was watching it on TV, mm-hmm. and um, and I saw these evacuation centers, yeah, and I was like, oh man, I should maybe I can go, maybe I should go cook, yeah, at an evacuation center. Oh, that's cool. But then I thought, you know, the last thing they want to eat is some fucking smoked brisket. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, go like braised, smoke out their evacuation <laughs> yeah. center. It's just not a good idea. So yeah, blackened cod. Yeah, not... this guy right. that used to run our website became a fireman, firefighter. Cool, my heroes. So, oh my god, they're amazing. Best. So we went and we got in touch with him, and I made food and delivered it to like eight different um, <sighs> firehouses, fucking awesome. fire stations, and it was great. Yeah. But then I started doing like more and more stuff, like do something for the food bank, and mm. then I did auction it off so that I go cook for parties and stuff. And that is so rad. Did this start fun. like when you had kids and had to start providing for little mouths? Like cooking? Yeah. Well, I've always been like a Virginia barbecue dork, mm-hmm. but not like a serious one. Were you a crab guy? Oh my god! Like yeah. Chesapeake crab, dude. Me too. Absolutely. Me too. I got the best place. Where? Here? It's no. Oh. You can't get. I've 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 flown blue crabs out here. That's. The on a only G4 point of having- <laughs> like I'm not kidding. I have I have flown bushels of crabs. The out only here. point of having money is to be able to on a Gulf Stream in. because that's it's nothing the best, like it. It's my favorite thing in the world. I, my friends and I get in fights all the time because when we go get sushi and they get baked crab hand roll. When you grow up in the D.C. area, yeah. you just you've had a level of crab that no one else in the world can understand. There's something about There's it. There's something about it. We used to do, we used to go to Ocean City, Maryland. Oh, Hold on, go oh, to so get some jumbos. We used to go to Ocean. Get some jumbos oh, down so, the ocean. Oh, so shitty, Ocean City, Delaware. And we would get, uh, my dad called it Crab America, and we would go crabbing. Oh. It was so fun. Yeah, I used to go back every year to Rehoboth. Um, Were you a Rehoboth guy? No, I was an Ocean City guy. I was and a then Dewey I girl. Up. Oh, wow. I was Dewey, and then I because we couldn't well, afford. Well, Dewey's Rehoboth. nice. Dewey's nice now. Oh, okay, was it was it pretty then? sketchy back then. And then there was Bethany, which we stayed a couple summers. Yeah, which Beach, one was that? Bethany Beach was like between Dewey and Rehoboth. Okay, and then because Rehoboth was the most expensive one, that was the nice one. And then I graduated to Rehoboth. They have like nice restaurants and stuff there. 
See, I used to take acid. I used to like not so go I. to school and take acid so in Ocean I. City. I used to take acid on the boardwalk and go to Dolly's Taffy. It's <laughs> just eat taffy on LSD. You go to the Sunshine House and get some don't, dolphin shorts. Totally and, don't yeah. recommend it to anybody. And then go on the Gravitron. Did you ever go on a Gravitron? You know, they had this haunted house in Ocean City ages ago. It was called Morbid Manor. And it was at the very end of the boardwalk. I never went to that I, This one. is like, I'm older than you. This is like early 80s or mid 80s. And so it, was, it looked like the Psycho House. It was like a haunted house. Uh-oh. It was the most terrifying. There's no way they could do it now. Like liability, there's no way they could do it because <laughs> Time's you would up walk on in house. and you'd walk in. You, first of all, you're in line for an hour, and there's this guy chasing people out of the house with a chainsaw <laughs> the whole time you're standing in line, and you're just like, oh, "Fuck, I'm not going in there. There's That's no way." Awesome. And then you go inside, and the first thing, you get into this room, and it's one of those spinny things where you stick to the wall, uh, whatever they're called, gravitron, gravitron. In the thing, and so you get in that, and there's someone in the like sitting in a chair in the middle, like, and then you run through the house, Uh and people grab you. And then the only way out is to run through this room that's filled with all these like prosthetic, bloody body parts and a guy with a chainsaw. You have to get past (laughs) the guy with the chainsaw. I think it has like a bike chain on it. (laughs) He's not gonna like mutilate you, but you have to get past him in order to get out the thing. It was amazing. Do you think that haunted houses, (laughs) yeah, they can still grab you? They can't still touch you. I think they can. Like, in haunted houses I used to go to, they would grab you. I feel like I just read something about this haunted house that they shut down. It might have been in Birmingham, Alabama, where, like, in order to go in, you have to sign, like, a 40-page disclaimer liability thing. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, what fun is it if no one's going to, like, scare the shit out of you? Isn't that why you're going in there? And what about, um... Uh, uh, with that fucking gravitron, I can't. I don't think it's there anymore because we used to get on and we go, and then you would stick to the wall, yeah. And someone would always puke, always, and the puke would go right back into your face. Yeah, that's not, not great. I no. can't believe that shit was legal. A lot of shit that oh, we grew yeah. up doing, Those not legal anymore. I used to, they used to sell beer bongs in the stores awesome. on the boardwalk. In Ocean City. And they were like, they were really cheap. They yeah. weren't good ones. They were really cheap. Yeah. And they had these, it's, they would say like, get bonged. <laughs> like a neon funnel with a thing in it. I bought those like well into my 30s. I was buying those things. I used to, in D.C., we used to have lawn darts. You remember lawn darts? <laughs> yeah, what do you They were like those? little darts that you would just throw into the lawn. And they would go into kids' legs. Yeah, that's and a toy. Sh- yeah, that was a toy back yeah. then when I was a kid. Even slip and slide. Sli- the rocks impaling yeah. your asshole. I feel like we used to run and fly into slip and slides. That's a lawn dart. Remember those? Yeah, I do. You'd throw them into a circle, and kids would just like get them in their shoulders and shit. Yeah, crazy. Those were the days. What about panic rooms? Have you ever done one of those? Is that what they're called? Escape rooms. Escape rooms. Sorry, panic rooms. Any room I'm in yeah, is a panic, panic room. That's what I call my wine room at home, just so you know. <laughs> the the panic lessening room. my panic room? Uh-huh. Um, Escape rooms, have you done one of those? I have not done one personally, but yeah. I've been with my children in them, and? and they can figure it out, and I can't. Uh-oh. So if I were ever to be stuck in an escape <laughs> they room. They would save your life. They would save my lives. I don't want to do that. I yeah. have no interest. I'm too competitive. What would I w- happen? It wouldn't be fun. I don't know how they work, but I just know that I would Why are you so it. competitive all the time? <laughs> I'm the person at game night who, like, ruins the night because I get too competitive. You can't have fun? No. Not at a game. Not, Doing anything? I don't win. Ping pong. I like ping pong. I get too angry if I miss. It makes me too frustrated. So your problem is you. <laughs> how 
How dare you? Is that what it is? The and all of these bad experiences is yeah. my personality. I, I feel yes. like it's your... How dare you? It's not everybody else. Okay. <laughs> I just, I like, I think that... Bowling. My... I'm very good at bowling. There's a great bowling alley right down the street. You know that that was really fun where we had that, the Corbin Bowl. Corbin Bowl. It's a bowling alley right down the street. It's fucking awesome. I only go to Pins. Pins is nice. Pins is nice. Well, now that you're like, you know, Corbin Bowl. Really? Yeah, because they have this karaoke room in there that's fucking, it's like the voice. Do you do karaoke? Fuck no. I don't like singing. Uh, so, but those people take it so seriously. Have you been to the Barney's Beanery karaoke? No. Oh, that's like people that are like, oh, like they go. But like want a career. Yeah. They're waiting for an A and R guy. That's correct. It's, you know what's kind of sad? It's upsetting. When I first joined Nirvana, mm-hmm. the bass player Chris lived in um, Tacoma, Washington, mm-hmm. which there's not really much. Is it not pronounced Tacoma, or is it? Tacoma? I think there might be a Tacoma, but Tacoma. Tacoma. Okay. Um, <laughs> There's nothing there. And so there are like these weird sort of lounges and taverns and bars where you would drink. Yeah. This is fucking 30 years ago. But um, we went, Chris and Kurt and Chris' ex-wife Shelly and I once went to this uh, bar Mm -hmm. where they had a karaoke thing. And at the time, we were being kind of groomed by all these different record companies. Mm -hmm. We were getting bitted on by all these. Do you get sent gifts and shit? Benny Hanna. So they, um, but we had so many A&R guy cards we got wasted one night and gave an A&R guy card to a karaoke singer. Is that terrible? That's I mean, bad. What? Ha- what? What? I I don't remember which. It was either <laughs> Kurt or me or Chris, and we gave it to her under the impression that we were an A&R guy. We were going to make her famous. I feel like that bad? this haunts you. It does. I, like I still think about this it with you. I feel like that person still has that card for sure. Damn it. Is on TikTok right now That's trying fucking... to reach people. What's TikTok? You don't know what TikTok is? My kids do. Are you on it? I mean, Fuck do, no. I mean, do you watch them? Do you know what it is? I feel like it's 10 seconds of something. It is, and it's basically, remember Musical.ly? Your kids were probably on Musical.ly. Oh, that's the one where you do the thing? Here's what we used to do when we were kids, (laughs) where we would sing into the mirror with our hairbrush, and I would, like, sing along, right, to to music. They now record it, upload it to the internet, so that they are unemployable for the rest of their lives. I don't do TikTok. I've done one TikTok. You do do TikTok. I did it with Kesha. Okay. Only because she has a song called TikTok. I'm familiar. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it uh, with her because that's the only way I won't feel corny. This is TikTok. I actually looked up your music on it. There's lots of your music on it, but I don't know if it's you. <laughs> oh, my God. That's not me. I don't think so either. What is that? I was like, wow, Dave's really lost the magic. What the heck? I don't know. Are you getting paid for this? It's like the Revenge of the Nerds version. Yeah, who is that guy? You like it. You're jamming. You like it. Do you like your music when you're not? When somebody it? else does it. But so, do they have to? They have to pay for this, right? I mean, we probably have to buy whatever that was. I have no idea. You're about to get money from us just playing this on the podcast, and that's all I get. That's all you get. Yes. Great. That's yeah. Where's my fucking co- coffee, by the way? What's this, going on in here? Oh yeah. I don't know. Benton is probably <laughs> panicking. He's like, I'm making coffee it's for fine. Dave Roll. Did you know fresh about pots, the coffee pots. that I told you about? The fresh pots? No, the coffee that they that they get out of civet poop. Oh, I didn't fucking click on it. 
I drank it once. <laughs> Wait, where did At you get Harrods. Nobody could figure out the coffee machine in our house. Okay, then someone needs to go to Starbucks and get Dave Grohl a You know, I was kidding about the coffee. coffee. I've had coffee, but if someone's Jesus going to Starbucks. Jesus Christ, someone is going pick to. Pick it up. We have Dave Grohl here, everybody. I Pull know, it together. We also have frozen coffee. Also, who's this guy? Are you shaking in your boots about this guy? Uh, nope. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> Basically, people lip sync on TikTok. So that's TikTok. To your music or to anyone's music, and they do it for 15 or 30 Let seconds. Let me see yours. Come on. I've only done one. I know. Hold on. Okay, I'm getting it. I don't know how. Hold on. I'm too old for this. This is mine, so that's me. See, I don't do any of the... Right. Like, and then you lip sync. I don't know what... And there's Kesha and there's right Kesha. behind you. <laughs> you know what I really want to do? What? Do you know? Okay, so I don't do Twitter and I don't do Instagram and I don't do Facebook. Why not? I don't know. I'm just like late in the game. I just yeah. discovered Amazon like six months ago. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You were like going to the grocery store? Yeah, that's what people do. That's what people if I do. I saw Dave Grohl at a grocery store, I'd die. Uh, yeah, it happened. Really? <laughs> yes. You know, they could just send it to your house now. I don't, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. You were I feel like going weird. to Walgreens to get batteries. Yeah, or like rubber gloves. Yeah, like sure. things like that. Yeah. What are, you, what are you? How many are you? What are you doing with rubber gloves? Barbecue, man. Des- Dexter. Come oh, on. got it. Right, right. Um. Anyway, so I was going to say something. And Amazon, TikTok. You're not Amazon, on Instagram. Amazon, I'm not on Instagram. Yeah. Um. Oh no, there's the one where you can um, you can put you could sell yourself for birthday messages. Do you know that cameo. one? Cameo. Cameo. You did a cameo. No, I did not do a cameo. <laughs> But yes, I but I know people that have had a lot of people cameo do messages. Literally, the only reason I won't do cameo right now is they tell publicly say the, the price of what I you love. Bought. You we have more coffees coming. This oh is my, God, my nightmare. Is we have to caffeinate Dave Grohl. Hold on a second. Are you, do you think you're addicted to coffee? Me? I am. I get a headache. Yeah, a little bit. If if by 10 a.m. I haven't had my coffee, I get a full. I have a problem. Like cluster. Yep. I had to go to the hospital once from drinking too much coffee. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because I was having chest pains. <laughs> I thought I was dying. Like, like, this is 10 years ago. Oh no. That whole fresh pots thing. Yeah. That was a real. That was real. <laughs> that was not. That was a real thing. And I drank so much coffee over the course of like three weeks. Yeah. That I started having chest pains, and I thought. I was having a heart attack, but we were about to <laughs> go sorry, play at the White House on the 4th of July. Pull it together. So, I know. Well, so I thought, so I put Bayer aspirin in my wallet and drank a lot of red wine because I thought I looked up online. To, like, and cancel like, it out? I guess, or to keep myself from dying. And so <laughs> went and played DC, came home, uh-huh. called my doctor, and I'm like, Mel, I'm having chest pains right now. Mel, Dr. Mel. Mel. And he's, he's like, are you having them right now? I'm like, kind of. He goes, get in here. So I went in and he put me on the thing and I'm like on the treadmill and he's like doing a sonogram and he's like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't find anything. You should get a CAT scan I was, or an Jesus. MRI or something. So I go to Cedars and they put me in the MRI thing, the thing, the thing, and they do the, the CAT scan thing. And um, I come out and the doctor sits down with me with the computer thing. Uh, the, and the readout, he's like, he turns it on. He looks at it for 10 seconds and he goes... How old are you? I said, I'm 40. It was 10 years ago. I was 40. Um, I said, I'm 40. He goes, okay, why are you here? <laughs> I said, I'm having chest pains. And he goes, all right. And he basically went down the list. He's like, are you under any stress? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. He goes, do you sleep much? I sleep like three and a half, four That's hours a night. That's crazy to me. It's terrible. And he's like, do you drink, do you drink coffee? 
I was like, dude. Oops. And so he said um, that I should decaffeinate. I tried. I quit. I tried to quit coffee, and I was in hysterical apoplectic fits every day. Couldn't do it. Oh, what's that one? What ASMR. ASMR. Oh my God. Dave Girls ASMR. No, that's this. Do you watch the ASMR videos? Maybe. <laughs> Can you lull us to sleep, please? I don't think so. This is kind of weird and gross. And... It makes me physically ill listening to you know, I came home one night and my kid was in, my oldest daughter was in the living room asleep and that was on TV. With And so I walked in and all I heard was, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is in my house right now? You know what I and like? it was a girl with a, with a mannequin head. <laughs> Brushing the hair? No, like massaging the hair. I guess it had a microphone on it or something. And it was just girls just like massaging this man. And my kid was dead asleep. I'm like, this is fucked up. And I sat down and watched it for 45 minutes. No, nothing. No tingling. It's just kind of annoying. <laughs> I don't know. I, I find it very annoying too. Yeah. I think the makes me physically ill. It's disgusting. Yeah. Like it's like banana. that Cars song. Mm-hmm. Um, where he goes, "You kept it going <laughs> yes. till the sun." And you can hear him going. <laughs> like, are you eating a fucking? Are you eating a banana, yeah, dude? He's a mint. Have some water. Yeah. Cotton mouth. Yeah. Banana. <laughs> um, I have lots of questions for you. Okay. Do you have any questions for me? I'm just kidding. Can you imagine? No. Can you imagine? No. Did Let you... me get my own fucking podcast <laughs> and I'll ask you a question. You should. I should. That'd be amazing. You could have a cooking barbecue pod. <sighs> yeah, I just try to sort of hide from the world a, a so, lot. So is social media your nightmare? Um, well, I, c- I, I understand it's um, it could be useful mm-hmm. when you want people to know stuff. Correct. So... Like if we make a song, yep. Then if we put it on there, then people will know we have a new song. Um, I don't necessarily feel the need to tell everyone when I'm what you're having taking breakfast. shit or whatever. <laughs> so, um, but I get it. I understand why people would. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not really my thing. Do you let your daughters on it? They are on it, yeah. And then what was the logic? Like when did you decide it, they were ready? Um, I'm terrified th- of being a parent for this exact thing. Yeah, I th- it's you know, it's. I think everybody kind of finds their way mm-hmm. in doing all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Has a lot to do with their friends. Mm-hmm. Has a lot to do with what they're interested in. It usually begins with a project. I'm going to do a project. Can I get an Instagram account because I want to do a project with horses? <laughs> I want to have my own horse. YouTube channel. It's like shit like this. Yeah. It starts like that. Yeah. And then it, you know, and, and then you wind up in front of a mirror with a thong. <laughs> I think is what happens. I don't know. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it is, is it, but YouTube, are, do you have to control what is watched on YouTube by your kids? Yes. You have to pay attention. <clears throat> you also, you know, it's just so different now. I mean, I, like when I, when I was a kid growing up in Virginia, like I was listening to satanic death metal. Correct. And my nice public school teacher mom was just like, honey, could you turn it down a little bit? <laughs> <I> said, <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't, and I wasn't like running around town stealing stereos and smoking crack or whatever, mm-hmm. but. I was doing that. I bet. Mm-hmm. 
Um, in Georgetown. In Georgetown. Yeah. <laughs> Rough streets of Georgetown. Oh, my Georgetown God, it's insane. Georgetown is fancy as shit now. <clears throat> Georgetown used to be cool. You walk down now, it's restoration hardware. Yeah. It's J- There's a J. Crew on every corner. Oh, my God, 14th Street. Well, you know what's funny is I was there this weekend, and uh, at one point I went and did this thing, the City Lab thing, and then after that we were all like, yeah, let's go to lunch. So yeah. we went to uh, Jose Andres' place. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Haleo or Jaleo, something like that. Anyway, it's on 7th and E. Uh And 7th and E is where um, the old DC Space used to be. DC Space was the old archive. And I was standing, we were standing outside the restaurant. I didn't even realize where we were. And I looked, I'm like, 7th and E. Wait a second, this is where DC Space. And I looked and it became a Starbucks. Oh, God. I know. It hurts my heart. Isn't it hard? It hurts my heart too. And 14th Street. 14th Street's bananas. Yeah, no, it's fancy. There's lots of um, like bistros, like Parisian bistros. It really stresses me I went me there, out. Le Diplomat. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes, I was that's just there on fancy Friday night. Place. It, Super fancy. It hurts my heart a little bit because it, you used to be able to say, like, I'm from D.C., and people are like, oh, yeah, that's badass. And now they're like, hmm, yeah. cool. So you love Banana Republic. It's changed a lot. It's very preppy now. Actually, you know, the old 930 th- Club, mm-hmm. I think, became a J. Crew. Oh, Oh, that makes it's me right there. Go to Ninth and F. That Turn makes it, me apoplectic. So one over ninth, Let's burn and then go it down. To F burn it down. I love you, J. Crew, but come ninth on. And F. Hold on. You can't do that. Go a little bit more over. A little bit more over. Middle of the block. Anthropology. Oh. Or no. They sell denim jackets. Yeah, with, J. Crew. There with is. birds on them. That's now. it. How that is, right there. That's the old nine thirty club. How has anyone allowed this to happen? DC lost its fucking edge. God I know. damn it. That is heartbreaking. That's sad. That's really I think that was the hallway that went back to the club. I made a lot of mistakes on that property. I did. You a know how many blowjobs I gave right there? Gave? Yeah. Gave. Oh my God. You I had to get in. <laughs> Plot twist. I had no money. Come on. Plot twist. Um that I, I met you and I first kind of I feel like became friends. There's something about it's oat milk. You're I drinking can taste oat that. Is it a bummer? Uh, it's not milk, but no, it's delicious. <laughs> not milk. Yeah, that should be their tagline. Not stuff. milk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find oat milk's a little whatever. This is very. I can't LA, believe guys. it's not Sorry. milk. Um, I feel like when we first met, when I meet someone from DC, I feel like they're like instant family for some oh, reason. Oh, for sure. Right? We yeah. instantly started talking about the whiz. Yeah. The whiz. Oh my god. No <laughs> I have a question about this. The okay. whiz, it used the whiz had a guy. Music stores used to have a guy that yeah. if you heard a song on the radio and didn't know who sang it, because it used to be they play a couple songs, you have to wait for the DJ to tell you who it was, yeah. right? So if you heard a song a bunch of times, you'd go into whatever tower, you'd go into Amoeba, you would go into, I would go into The Wiz, and you'd have to sing it for them. Are there guys out there right now that are the guys that any idiot could go in and like hum a song to and could say, I know who that is, and find the record? In a record store, we use Shazam now. Finding one of those. I mean, yeah, if you go to Amoeba, yeah, and you're just like, don't want to like the Amoeba nerds or whatever. Yeah, you'd have to do that, and they'd be like, oh, that's fucking, (laughs) it sucks, you know, whatever. Excuse me, as I butchered Dave Grohl's music, but that's what we had to do, and we would go to the Wiz, and there was a guy that you could shittily hum any song, and Mm -hmm. he could tell you who it was. Yeah, the Wiz. I feel like there was one in. Shirlington, too, but I don't know. Um, Joe's? I can't There's remember. There's a place called Joe's Music Paradise or something. Well, we always went to Kemp Mill. Oh, I remember Kemp Mill. We had a Kemp Mill. And then I worked at Tower downtown. That's right. I think I knew that. And that's gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, record stores were so much fun. Not long ago, I took my daughter, Violet, because she's starting to get into punk rock. Mm-hmm. 
it's funny. She's trying to turn me on to the Misfits now. <laughs> Because I was never a Misfits guy. That's amazing. And so she's like, Dad, come on. It's cool. I'm like, okay. Um, But I took her to like a punk rock record store on Melrose. And it's like she knows what to do. But she was just like, she was blushing. She was so psyched to be in a record store. When you walk into a record store, is it just chaos? No, uh uh-uh. They don't go nuts? No, they hum me songs. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the Misfits or whatever. (laughs) No, um, no, it's fine. Like. People, well, of course not. Like, if you work at a record store, the yeah. last thing you want to do is recognize a musician. Yeah. You know? Oh, so they try to play it cool. Kind of. It's fine. Yeah. But um, but watching her in a record store, uh, it was so fucking cool. And I was trying to, like, tell her, like, oh, this band's cool. Let's try this band. And she doesn't want any of that <laughs> Bad shit. Bad brains. Exactly. Bad brains. Yeah, she doesn't. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, I feel like Amoeba's going to close. Ugh. That's going to be a dark day. There's a couple good ones on Ventura Boulevard, too. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. There's one that's near... Have you been to uh, CeCe's? No, I just moved here. Oh, dude. Yeah. I'm Let's hooking go. you up. Let's go. I'm telling you, there is so... I'm You're wor- in the thick of it right here. See, I'm worried because I feel like uh, it is so hard to discover cool new music now because the algorithm culture. It's like, I literally... When I go on like a news website and yeah. I'm next to someone on the same news website, we get different news based on what we've Googled, right? Right. So our algorithm is changing the kind of things that we learn and accidentally stumble upon. And when I go on like Spotify, I don't even know. I like, they decide. Some, you know what's funny? What? After, it was either after Sound City, the documentary I made, or the Sonic Highways series that I did for HBO. But I was so like, I was like, I'm going to start my own music network. Yeah. Channel. And I spazzed and was like, I started meeting with people. Yeah. And I'm like, I want a channel. Like, I want to start my own MTV. Like, an entire 24-hour channel of just music, 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 and programming. So I was talking to a bunch of people about doing it until finally someone was like, do you really want to be a TV executive? (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, fuck that. So, um, But one of the things that I loved about the idea, which is kind of, I don't know if there's one now, just on television. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that um, you're right. Basically, when people are searching for something, they kind of they usually only find what they're looking for or something similar rather than just sort of like sitting down and have someone else curate a a playlist or an experience for them. And that's where you I feel like that's where real discovery happens. Mm -hmm. So if there were something where. There was a half an hour show that was about rap music, right, right. and then there was a half an hour show that was about rock music, and right. then a half, so that you know you would almost just like turn it on and leave it on, so that, and I don't mean to watch television all day long, but you know to 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 curate an experience that's more diverse than having someone just search what they're looking for, and then have it based on the algorithms, which I don't even know what that word means. Well, but it basically means you get more of the thing you already Googled. Yeah, and kidding. You get I more... actually yeah, know what that word means. <laughs> I just mean, like, I'm very alarmed. Like, my, you know, I have dogs and rescue dogs and shit, so it's like all my news is, like, dog rescue things. And I'm like, am I not getting news because you guys are just marketing me things that I already know about and like? Yeah. How am I going to stumble upon new bands? How am I going to find out about this shit? Yeah, I mean, I, I also feel like it's important for people to go out and experience yeah, music yeah. more, because that's where, that's where the fire really gets lit. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go, 
like a, a lot of the, a lot of festivals that have really crazy diverse lineups are super fun. Yeah, you know, European festivals or maybe or something like Bonnaroo might be yeah. the same thing. But when you go to somewhere for eight or ten hours, and you see everyone from Billie Eilish to Slayer to uh, Anderson Pock to you know fucking Tegan and Sarah, whatever, you have all yeah. of those things in one day. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just sort of like opens you up a little more, so you're more receptive to the diversity of music rather than just going to like the Electric Daisy Carnival, right? Where you're just like, <laughs> and then that, that's all you get. Um, but I do feel like it's important for people to go out and see music. That mm-hmm. live music is a part of people's lives. I've always thought that that's one of the problems. It's better now, but years ago. You know, we would go, I mean, for 30 years, I've been traveling around playing music. And in Europe, they have these gigantic music festivals in every country, in almost every city, all throughout the summer. And there's fucking 50,000 people at each one because uh, it's it's more of a a part of life. Mm -hmm. Um, And music is kind of more a part of general consciousness. I was just talking about this at that city lab thing I did the other day, um, where the more that you promote music and the more that you make it a part of people's lives, Mm -hmm. um, there's more joy and there's, there's, there's something beautiful about having music in your life every day, but it also, um, it's it's inspiring for people to go out and see musicians actually playing on a stage. I say the same with comedy. You've got to see it live. That was when, when Adele started getting huge. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, she can really sing. Yeah. And I'm like, finally, yeah. there's someone that can really <laughs> fucking sing. Really? Like, she can really sing. She's fucking yeah. amazing. But it, it was it, to me, it was like, wait a minute. Yeah. It's that, like... Is it just because she can sing and no one else can? Because everyone's being auto-tuned, or yes. just that you have to go live to make sure that people are really yeah. Like as when good you when you're in, when you see someone that's just kicking ass, yeah. like someone that can fucking lay it down for real, mm-hmm. it's moving, yep. you know, and it's really inspiring. You're like, oh god, life is worth living, it's, and human beings are real. This it's is great. A high. I mean, it's yes. a. I when I would go see shows as a kid, I would you would get high off of music yes. and going to see live shows at tracks. Is that what at you tracks? Were? Oh God! What I, was I, tracks? I, I blacked, that was fucking ghetto. I bla- what did Ian know what that? You knew what it was. Everybody knew what tracks. Yeah. Oh, okay. Was. I, I, I thought, went there like twice. Oh, I went there. I was like, fuck that. I went there many times. Uh, what would you do there? It was raves. I went to a lot You're of a raves. Raver. I was a rave kid. Okay. Can I ask you questions about drug use? Sure. Okay. Do you do drugs? I didn't do. <laughs> I don't do drugs. I didn't do a lot of drugs, but I did start early the drugs that I did do. So in D.C., you Love know. Boat. You ro- smoked Love sm- Boat. I smoked. <laughs> I don't even know what Love Boat is. You I, know what Love Boat not is? Not really. I know the show. I probably did it. What is it? <laughs> Uh-oh. Love Boat was like really specifically Washington, D.C. Oh, shit. Love Boat was PCP. Oh. But in the mid-80s. Yeah. Um, it's like what Ma- uh, Marion Barry did. No, he smoked crack. Okay, right. And um, we elected him again. That's Thank right. That's D.C. He was a hero to yeah, a lot no, of people. You know no, that, right? D.C., he it was really a big was. deal. Yes. You know you love someone if you... Didn't we catch him with hookers, too? And oh, Well, it was crack. a hooker and some crack. And some crack. Yeah. If they go well together. Just always... I mean, that's a good pairing. Do you want a fucking party? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, no, Love Boat was PCP. Uh-huh. 
or something like that. Yeah. I never Some smoked Some tied it. with bleach. I didn't. Some no, it was Clorox. disgusting. Like, yeah. when you fucking burned it, yeah. it burned white hot like an electrical fire, and it smelled like fish. Mm-hmm. It was fucking disgusting. Ugh. But it's funny, because the first time I ever met Chappelle, mm-hmm. he grew up in D.C. Yep, too, right? Yep, yep, yep. And so it was at this awards thing, and he was at the table, and this is right around the time that his show, I think he was getting an award for maybe the first season or something. Okay. And, um, and so we started talking, and I said, uh, I said, where do you live? And he said, oh, I live in Ohio, mm-hmm. but I grew up in D.C. I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, I was born in Ohio, and I, I uh, moved down to D.C. And, and um, I said, you're from D.C.? He goes, yeah. And I said, you fucking smoked Love Boat, didn't you? And he was like, hell no, I didn't smoke Boat. I did not smoke Boat. I'm like, you fucking smoked Love Boat. <laughs> and then, I'll uh, protest too much. Because most people did. Yeah. Like, uh, all my friends did. If someone smoked Love Boat in your bong, yeah. just throw it out. Throw it out. Just, <laughs> Incinerate it's like that shit. took a shit in your bong and with a fish. <laughs> fish shit. Uh, it was terrible. Cod crack. Uh, anyway, so um, what was I going to oh, at the We were rave, talking about drugs. We were talking about drugs. So the rave thing. So you're like early 90s I was, raving. I would go to... Uh, you went to the Commander vault. You went to the I bank. Would, we would be in like gr- like parking lots. It was a lot of parking lots. Did you do the thing where you went to the record store and they're like, here's the secret map? The secret <laughs> there was a lot of that. Field. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of like people wearing CDs as necklaces. There was a lot of remember that brand Tiptoe? No. There was uh, pants by this brand called Tiptoe. We'd wear really, really big pants and little tiny crop tops, little tiny tops. Yeah. And then she we had like have a nose ring or air a walks. tongue ring. I had no You had a fucking ring. tongue ring, didn't you? I didn't you? have a tongue yeah, ring. Yeah, you did. Didn't have a tongue well, ring. Yeah, and you smoked Love Boat. I did it. Bullshit. Well, I might have. There was a couple yeah, years where that it was kind of the blackout years where I have no proof um, of what exactly happened or recollection. But we would go to Commander Salamander, which was a place on uh, Wisconsin Avenue That's across right. from the Wiz at the time. And we would get Urban Decay glitter. And we'd put like green glitter all around. We'd shave the back of our heads ah. just to here, and then do a ponytail so the back of our heads was shaved. I need to see. This. I know. I need to get some pictures of this. Yeah. Shit, I'll get them. And then what about um, that thing. They're not on that thing. They're not they? on there. No, they're not going to be in my Google results for sure. Z later. Benton, you know me. You know I that. Do I, know you, you know that. You know that I can't leave my house to get food. You truly can't. You truly can't. Can't even figure out how to ask you to do it. I use DoorDash. I thank God for DoorDash. Otherwise, I would starve to death because I cannot leave my house to get food. And even if I wanted to, I'd be in flannel dog pajamas and I can't be seen that way because I'm a fashion icon. Yeah, no one deserves that. <laughs> DoorDash, thankfully, connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. You open the DoorDash app, you choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are like you're a goddamn queen. Makes me feel like royalty. You can't do it. You, I can use DoorDash. No, you you can't get food yourself. Thank God for DoorDash. exclusive to you. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities. Did you know there were that many cities? I knew there were that many restaurants. <laughs> With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants. What's your favorite national restaurant? My favorite national restaurant? Mm-hmm. Um, the Cheesecake Factory, mm-hmm. because what don't they have, really? It, literally. It takes me an hour and a half to go through the menu. They have it all, and you can get it DoorDash to you. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off the first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Whitney. That's my name. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code Whitney. Don't forget it. That's promo code Whitney for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. You're welcome. The holiday rush is coming. 
It's undeniable. If you sell your stuff online, you better get ready right now with ShipStation. With more people buying online than ever before. Yeah, uh, that's me. Just talking about you. <laughs> you have to be able to help ship orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders or decide which shipping carrier to use or if you're getting the best rates? I'll tell you what. ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door delivered in time for the holidays. And I know this because I just started a merch store. And my merchandise is going to be on ShipStation. You sure did. What a coincidence. We're going to have lots of hoodies with Benton's face on it. Thank God. <laughs> my mom will have something to wear. <laughs> no matter where you're selling. If it's Amazon, Etsy. I have some people on Etsy that need to use ShipStation a little more effectively because they, I don't get them. And it takes four months to freaking get them. So I'm going to start sending passive-aggressive DMs with this ShipStation ad in it to the people that sell me these shirts. ShipStation.com brings you all your orders into one simple interface, making them Really easy to manage from any device, even from your cell phone. They offer discounts. I'm here for that. Yeah? No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. I'm talking to you, vintage t-shirt guy who never gets me my freaking shirts on time. Take the hassle out of the holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Use my offer code, Whitney, to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free, no hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page. Type in Whitney. That's my name. Enter the offer code, Whitney. ShipStation. Make ship happen. I love that. I love that. But I still haven't figured out how to sleep. Maybe I need to get on... Dude, that actually kind of works. It kind of does. I was listening to some uh, AS, uh, DMR, AMD, EMD. What is it? Fuck. I'm dyslexic. I don't know how to say it. A- AS- ASMR? I guess. See if we can try to get Dave Grohl to fall asleep. Okay, now I'm kind of into it. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. Um, I don't know. I have a big question for you. What? About music right now. Okay. Because I know nothing about it. What do I know? Right now. I? Well, I, my big question is... Does music, in the same way that comedy in movies, is it impacted what's going on with this political climate? Like, they say that movies, the more zombie movies there are, the more that it's tapping into our fear of homelessness and poor people. Interesting. And remember all of the movies in the 80s about, like, killer nannies? Remember nannies used to, like, you know, the hand that rocks the cradle and all that shit? Mm -hmm. And all those Demi Moore movies where she was, like, fucking everyone at the office and ruining... It was, like, our fear of women entering the workplace, Mm -hmm. right, and not being home all the time. Like... Comedy, I know exactly what's going on with comedy right now in terms of like the pendulum swinging with being so afraid of woke culture sure. and being so afraid of getting canceled. Yeah. Um, is that happening in music? I don't know because I don't pay enough attention mm-hmm. to like what's going on in modern popular music. Yeah. Um, but you're right, things are cyclical. I th- feel like, I mean, you know how the music industry sort of works. I, uh, the music industry, from what I understand, changes every day. Okay, I'll give you a good example. A long time ago, there was a website that was called, I think it was called hitsongscience.com. Hmm. And there were these mathematicians that came up with a mathematical formula Whoa. to determine whether your song was going to be a hit or Whoa. not. Whoa, whoa. So they would assign it a formula based on its tempo and time and key and whatever. Um, so so your song would have, like, basically a number, right? And then they would throw it into their system, and it would, it would come out. The readout almost looked like stars in the night sky. 
So each song is like a little star. So you're looking at this readout, and there's like stars everywhere, but there's these clusters of stars that yeah. almost look like little galaxies. And so those were, um, I think they called them like hit, hit clusters or something. If your song fell into one of those clusters, then more likely than not, it would become a hit. Well, The only reason being is because it shared the same formula as a lot of other songs. So what that means is when something becomes popular, you wind up getting a lot of stuff that sounds just like it hmm. coming behind it because, because that's what's popular at the moment. So it could be a tempo. That's the thing that drives me crazy about popular music is that once someone gets like a song that's got like a beat, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden that's Everything the only like, like if I have to hear the for every song for the last three fucking years. Yeah. As a drummer, I'm like, <laughs> it's fucking. It's like I'm calming you down. I'm so fucking pissed <laughs> off about that beat. No, but it's like. You know, there's there's just more out there than that. So I think what happens um, when something uh, becomes um, popular, popular uh, I don't know if, if you consider it relevant, but then everything sort of gravitates towards that. And basically that, that just determines or dictates or, um, you know, influences everything around it. Mm -hmm. Just because the music industry, they just want to sell records. Yeah. They just want your song on the radio. They just want to make money from publishing and they want to do shit like that. So, um, you know, it's the stuff that's kind of off the beaten path that I get into. Um, and I think that those sort of things uh, might be a little more influenced or inspired by um, life rather than just like an industry thing. Like, a good example is Billie Eilish, and I've talked about her a million times because so my much. daughter is obsessed with her. I mean, the thing that I think is so exciting about that, her explosion in, in, uh, in popular music is that uh, it was based on something real, and that real thing was the connection that she had with people like my daughter. Mm -hmm. And so her lyrics are, uh, are, are real and um, heavy and dark and very emotional so and so authentic. like my kid's not gonna get that if they turn on a fucking cardi b song mm -hmm. i'm sorry but it's just not the way it is mm -hmm. i mean cardi b's awesome and fun to dance around to but if you're looking for a real like deep emotional connection it's you know billy eilish really has that yeah and those are the things that really kind of spawn revolutions like musical revolutions because it has less to do with the radio or the uh, industry and stuff it has more to do with a real connection with uh, listeners would Billie Eilish have happened without YouTube could she have um, well that's a good question yes did you hear that <laughs> it's it's debatable mm -hmm. I think that um, would they go? We need you in a crop top, and we need you in a mini skirt, and we need you, you know. Yeah, but she'd say no. Yeah. She'd just say fuck you. There's no way. But um, you know, I think that the there's this um, there's this like new model of independent distribution, which is um, SoundCloud and shit like yeah. that, which is great. Mm -hmm. Like um, a lot of the stuff that I listen to, I listen to because of my 13 year old daughter, who's super fucking hip. And she finds a lot of stuff on SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. So that's where she found Billie Eilish a right. year and a half or two years ago. Right. 
um, she played it for me. I'm like, who's how? Where'd you What's, find that? Yeah. And she, so and she herself puts her own music on SoundCloud. Cool. My daughter, so she'll record in her bedroom, engineer it herself, mix it down, uh, um, you know, upload it to an MP3 thing or whatever, and put it up on SoundCloud. And it's like that's what you wow. do. And I think that's really inspiring because it's basically, you know, a much more streamlined version of what we were doing when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And that you just, there's no, there's nothing between you and the listener. It's just yeah. like, hey, I've got a song. And then you go make a little record and then you sell it out of your car or whatever, right. you know, same thing. Because there used to be a lot of gatekeepers in music, right? There used to be like 15 old dudes that had to say, yes, you can right. do this. Yes, and so if you're lucky, uh, you can get around that, avoid that, and um, that's where I think real—that's where I think the real shit happens. And you know, I'm, I still believe in the idea that um, that you can write and record songs in your bedroom, right, and then go out and perform them on stage in front of people. And the more you do that, the more people will show up. And if it's really great, uh, people start to listen. And I mean, I remember like Alabama Shakes, like watching. Oh. That band, like, go from, uh, I would see their name on the bill, like, at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on a side stage of a festival. Mm -hmm. And then two years later, we'd be back at that festival, and they'd be headlining the side stage. And then two years later, we'd be back at the festival, and they're, you know, and they're right before us or something. And then two years later... We're in the same category at the Grammys, and they win the fucking best rock song. <laughs> and but it's it's because they fucking did the work, mm-hmm. and I think it's really important. That's what's. I mean, that's what happens in comedy, which is sort of like, can you get famous at twenty one from YouTube? Yes. Should you? Maybe not. I wouldn't want anyone to see any of my comedy from when I was twenty one. I saw you do stand up once. When? Uh, about seven or eight years ago. Oh God. I was at my cousin was doing. Uh, stand up the same night you Who? were. His name's Tim Hanlon, and he was doing stuff. Did it I was at Tim? the Comedy Store. Really? And um, I think you just kind of popped in and did a little thing. It was like working on new shit, just bombing. It was fucking hilarious. You oh. did the thing about like, did midgets have night vision? That whole thing. <laughs> I'll never forget. I don't forget think we it. can say midget anymore. Oh, sorry. You I said think it it's that night. Shit. <laughs> that was seven years ago, and it's not on Twitter. Sorry. I deleted all my own tweets. Okay. On the you Google. can edit your own. How would you Google things? Mm-hmm. The, the auto thing. Oh right. yeah, I think I was practicing like a late night set or something. It was really funny. Oh god, thanks. Yeah. Well, this goes back to the conversation about kids having their own Instagram pages yeah. because like. It, you know, you have to live with the consequence yeah. of what winds up in the fucking inner sphere. Yeah. I'm terrified. I'm literally terrified of having kids because of this shit. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, there's lots of other reasons to be terrified of having <laughs> kids. Yeah, that's Do they one. get hurt? Kids get hurt? Yeah. Oh, yeah, all the time. Don't you worry about that? Every fucking minute of oh, every day. I'm living in that constant is my terror. Li- oh, yeah. No, I will never relax again. It's just a constant it's whack-a-mole. It's a million things in my life. How's like, I leg? will never... How's my way? Leg. It's good. A lot of people have questions. I did a, do you have questions for Dave Grohl on my Instagram? And okay. I got, and a lot of people from, from Des Moines want to know how your laryngitis is. How am I? Oh, because I had the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I used to smoke. Yeah. And I stopped smoking. Is and, it hard? Uh, well, I stopped smoke. I, I had another injury mm-hmm. where I tore my, I fell off stage again. I had to have surgery Oof. on my arm. And, oh, shit. Um, yeah. This is right after my birthday. And uh, and I thought, okay, you know what? When I'm done with the surgery thing, I'm just gonna stop smoking. I've had a couple cigarettes since then, but like, but that was uh, that. I was losing my voice a lot, I think, uh, because I was smoking so much. And I could and I, singing. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, screaming for three hours a night. That's real. Do you have like a voice thing, like coach in the whole thing? No. Because you're supposed to take care of your vocal cords. If you I get don't... those nodes, you're fucked, right? Yeah. I don't have them. Really? Yeah. I go to my guy and he's like, you, you're lucky. Mel? Different guy, Joe. <laughs> Joe and Mel. Yeah, Joe. The medical team of Dave my guys. Did you do patches? The patch? No, or, I just or the gum? stopped. Really? You could just stop. You really? Know? Yeah. Fuck. Like, did you smoke ever? No, I didn't smoke. Okay. I did vape weed a little bit a year ago, and I right. got bronchitis, and I was like, this isn't right. And I was on vocal rest for on the tour. Buffalo, sorry about those shows. I was on vocal rest for like six months. Wow, so I shit the bed in Des Moines, huh? No, they, everyone was. Yeah, the, no, everyone I did. was really Des Moines. Damn. Said, no, do you want me to read the the questions? People were like, he drummed in Des Moines, and I cried. He wasn't able to sing, but he was able to drum and tell him thank. Oh, you. actually, we know this is one of the great things about Foo Fighters is that our drummer Taylor uh-huh. uh, has a beautiful voice. Yes, is a great singer. Mm-hmm. Has his own band where he plays drums and sings at the same time. So if my voice is gone. I just turn to him and I go, dude, just sing under everything I'm singing tonight. And he'll sing every word of the whole. He'll oh save my, my ass. No, people were once. actually, I don't know if this is good news or bad news. People were like really thrilled that you drummed instead. Right. And many people said they cried. That's weird. A lot of people have questions about your hair also. Okay. You are an aberration, in my opinion. Thanks. You're. What... <laughs> I haven't told you why yet. Okay. I, I remember meeting you and going, oh, shit, I have no excuse to be emotionally fucked up because I had this narrative in my head that was like, in order to be a great artist, you have to be a little bit fucked up or broken or maladaptive, and then you ruin that. Sorry. Because you're, I know. You owe me an apology. Fuck. Because you are so, everyone's like, how is he so like normal and humble? Well, okay, first of all, I'm, I think just as fucked up as everybody else. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have you my. You hide own. it well if I you have, do. I do. Yeah, really yeah, well. Really good. Um, but, um, no, I mean, I, I honestly think that, and I hate to keep going back to the D.C. Virginia thing, but Please growing do. up in Virginia and Washington, D.C., and playing music there when I was a kid, I don't really know if anybody had, like, career aspiration. Well, you know, when you're 14 or 15 years old playing, like, hardcore punk rock in this little music scene, and there's, like, little clubs, and it's the same hundred people at every show, and you're going to see your favorite bands, and your friends are in your favorite bands. Yeah. It was just so far outside of, like, trying to become a fucking world-renowned rock legend. Yeah. It was just like, oh, you know, I just want to fucking play music. I knew I wasn't going to go to college. I just was a, I was a terrible student. I, I didn't finish high school. I worked at a furniture warehouse and worked other jobs and stuff like that. And I just sort of thought, you know, I just want to play music um, uh, and work and have an apartment and do that. It's a very juvenile way to look at life but at the time it was like i didn't think that i could go so so that's really where i fell in love with playing music and i still feel that way so any of the like crazy reward that Mm -hmm. i've had over the last 25 years i mean it's strange to me like it is it is weird to me that you know i joined a band uh and then the band became fucking gigantic and it just didn't compute. It didn't make sense because I didn't necessarily feel like I was doing anything differently than I'd ever done. Uh, I just happened to be in a band with the greatest fucking songwriter ever. And then those songs became huge. And, um, you know, if I ever felt overwhelmed, I'd just go back to Virginia yeah. to my mom's house in Springfield and like hang out with my friends and ride motorcycles and barbecue. And then, you know, then I'd go back to being in Nirvana and then yeah. I'd go back to DC. And so, um, 
I don't really see what the big deal is. Like, I don't understand why. I don't understand why something like that. I mean, I can't even say that because I do understand why some people have a hard time with it. But for me personally, it it made my life a little more complicated, but I do believe that it made my life better. Mm-hmm. Like I got to, I helped my mother retire from being a school teacher. I helped my mother buy a house. Awesome. I I I bought my own house. I bought a truck. Mm-hmm. I built a studio in the basement. Um I started another band and started my own record label and my band is on my label and I get to license and distribute all the Foo Fighters stuff to to another company so we're in control of everything we do it's like it a lot of it seems really ideal there's downsides to everything and yeah at times it's really difficult mm-hmm. but I mean I look at I look at what I could have been doing and I think I'd rather do this than what I than you know like drywall the fucking new Starbucks on 7th and E like that's probably what <laughs> and I be would, my enemy right and so um yeah so and plus it's just you know it's nice to be nice to people yeah. and people um people are you know usually Nice to me. I don't get like screaming, crazy, crying fans. I just get people like, yo, Dave, what's up? And I'm like, hey, how's it going? And that's that's it. cool. That's my, cool that your fans are cool. That says a lot. We have cool fans. That says a lot. But, I have um, my anyone that comes up to me is very bossy. And I have people, I mean, you have people ask you for photos or do they not? Oh, yeah. Oh. All day long. I have people that come up to me and they'll be like, hey, my phone's dead. Could you take a photo on your camera and just email it to me? Yeah, that's not ever like, going to happen. What is what, what vibe am I giving uh, off? Who thinks that, that would I ever work, happen? It happens to me all the time. That? All the time. And then I have people that come up to me. I have a lot of dudes that come up to me and they'll be like, hey, I, I don't know who you are. My girlfriend loves you. So can well, you that's going to happen. And I'm yeah. like, okay, dude. Yeah. Why do you need to hurt just my feelings? Just smile and do it. it would, like, okay. I know. It happens. I get a lot uh, of You know what you have to say when what? someone says, like, I don't know who the fuck I you are. I don't know you, but. my kids. Yeah. Like, and then they go, I'm sorry. I don't know who you are. And then you say, like, that's good. It makes my life a lot easier. I don't know who you are either if that yeah, helps. Like, We're even. Um. Yeah, I, it could be worse. That honestly is my life motto. It's, it could be worse. Wow, that you have like, and no I'll say that until it gets really, really worse, and then I'll be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it couldn't be worse than that. It could be worse. <laughs> but um, yeah, it could be a lot worse. Do you think though, in now in music that there's, I know in comedy, enough bad things have happened that less people are definitely having less maladaptive behaviors and choices. Most people I know in comedy, they're sober, they're vegan, they're drinking Jamba Juice, doing really? yoga. Yeah, it's a bunch of dorks. What happened? Dorks. What happened to Sam Kinison? Nope, and dead. Fucking, they're all well, dead. I know that. They're all dead. Wow. And, yeah, and I mean, depression is still prevalent and sure. scary. Um, and, you know, it's, but it seems like everyone's getting ahead of it. Everyone I know has a therapist in comedy now. You know, it's interesting because... Um, I didn't talk to Dr. Drew about this, but something similar. This is fucking ages ago, ten years ago or mm-hmm. more. But is I see your therapist. No, I was doing a fucking one of those Mel sexy pods or this his sexy show, whatever that was. Oh, Love Line. Love Line. Oh, yeah. Okay. The sexy show. Sexy show. This is fifteen years ago. This is a long time ago. But um, at the time, he was sort of doing a study with uh-huh. entertainers yeah. um, to determine, I guess, to sort of figure out what type of person becomes an entertainer. Hmm. I think it's the same. A lot of musicians and a lot of 
uh, entertainers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that maybe their uh, their motivation comes from a place where there is a lot of emptiness, and they yep. seem, you know, they f- they feel the need to kind of. I don't know, to do whatever they do in order to repair that. Get love at all costs, yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, so it's similar. Well, I do think music, at least bands and stand-ups are slightly different because stand-ups are like, I'm going to do this alone, you know? I don't know how you do that. Be isolated. It's not It's not healthy. It's weird. It, very. It's not great. Why'd you decide to do that? Um, bad childhood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All the horrible things that went down at Rehoboth Beach, Maryland. I think there, I think there is when I grew up, I'll speak for myself, I grew up around a lot of mental illness, a lot of addiction, a lot of alcoholism, right. and the safest place was in my room alone making fake music videos, uh, listening to my brother's go-go tapes. That's where I felt the safest when I had... You was away from the drinking and the that shit. So I do think that comedians are slightly different than musicians in that way. Mm. Is that people are scary to us? You know Teamwork. What I, you know what I used to do? That's sort of weird. What? I don't know if I want to tell everybody this. You can always cut it out later. Uh, I used to. Yeah, I used to. I had this tape recorder, mm-hmm. a little cassette recorder, and um, I would listen to music before I went to bed. And then when I was maybe like thirteen. 12 or 13, I would hit record and I would talk about my problems Whoa. for like the whole side of a tape. Hmm. And then I would rewind it and listen back and fall asleep listening to myself talking about my problems. When's the last time you did that? Fucking when I was 13. Isn't that weird? That's kind of like a genius therapy. I don't know why I did it. Is, well, I do know. It's taken me a long time to learn. Now the therapist that I work with explained, as soon as you say one of your fears out loud, it engages your frontal lobe, Ah. and you're inherently less afraid. Ah. If you just go, I'm afraid of interviewing Dave Grohl today. I'm nervous about interviewing Dave Grohl. I'll automatically be less nervous because my frontal lobe will get engaged. And (laughs) I need it. I need it. See, it works. Uh, And then you stop producing cortisol and adrenaline. So you must have known that at an early age. No, I had no fucking clue. <laughs> Where are those tapes, by the way? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I taped please, over them. Can we please call, call Virginia and, yeah. and get those tapes? Mom, do you have those tapes about me talking about your divorce? <laughs> we could put those on eBay and raise a lot of money mm-hmm. for the firefighters. For Remix. Your big barbecue. Remix. I, uh, I, I do think, though, comics don't play well with others the same way you can in a band. And I remember... When I would tour and do radio, because I used to have to do radio, you know, like before there was YouTube and Instagram and that shit, you would do radio. Do you remember this um, man cow in Chicago? Yeah. Remember him? Yeah. I don't know. You probably were too big to ever have to go on no, that. No, no, no. I've done some man but cow. He was kind of like a the stern of Chicago right, or something. Yeah. And I'd go on and there'd be bands there. It'd be like 6 a.m. And I'd be like, God damn, that looks so much more fun than this to be like rolling with five people. And like, you know, there is something cool about. Playing music with other people that you might not necessarily know mm-hmm. or be able to talk to or, you know, I've been in bands where, like, the relationship is so dysfunctional yeah. until we put on the instruments. Oh, wow. And it's the fucking greatest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, because in a way, I mean, it depends on what kind of music you're playing, but it, you do communicate musically mm-hmm. with each other. And so sometimes you connect with a musician musically more so than you would personally. Yeah. And um, and then do you just know, like, 
have boundaries in terms of like, okay, this is how much time to spend with this person. You know, it's so fucked up because it's almost like S and M. There's a lot of trust involved. Uh huh. <laughs> so it's you have like, a safe word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stop. Um, Fresh pot. Ow! 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 <laughs> um, no. Uh, you know, it it has a lot to do with. Um, like my friend Josh Homme, who's in Queens of the Stone Age, when we play together, it's like instantly great. Mm. When he's on guitar and I'm on the drums, we totally finish each other's sandwiches. We just fucking, <laughs> we, compl- we just have this thing where we can do it. And it's fun because we sort of like push and pull each other in mm-hmm. this weird way that uh, it's like a conversation, but, um, but a lot louder. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's when you find someone that you can really jam with like that, like Taylor and I, my drummer Taylor and I. I mean, we're it's like chemistry. Is that oh what do you God, call yeah. it? Uh, yeah. We're like, yeah. I mean, to me, and this is this is nothing. Before the Foo Fighters go on stage, there's no like, dear God, please give me the strength. There's to no rock rituals. Moines. Well, we drink a lot of <laughs> Jaeger, Jaeger or whatever. <laughs> and then, but to me, the most important thing is that we're laughing hysterically as yeah. we walk on stage. And every night mm-hmm. we have those 15 minutes, 20, half an hour before mm-hmm. going on. And for real, it is, we are usually fucking cracking up right as we walk on stage. And so that's how you begin the show. Yeah. And then there's, you know, and it's amazing. I don't know how these bands that don't get along do it. I went and saw the Eagles when they were at the Forum. Oh, I don't know hard. why. I don't know why. And they all came on stage at different times. They wouldn't even speak to each other. I mean, so they're also in shorts, which is another conversation, but they would. They were what? <laughs> they were in shorts in pajamas. Oh, in shorts. They were barely there, but they all came in. It's at, important to feel comfortable on stage. I was like, oh, like they're doing this dramatic thing where they're coming out one at a time. Could you still have the same kind of musical chemistry and not speak at all off stage? Or is it like, you know, makeup sex? Um, well, yeah, I think that when you're with. It's a, it's it's I've been in bands where there's not a lot of communication and then you go on stage. No, because I honestly feel like the emotional connection that you have with the person influences what happens on stage or off. But mm-hmm. when you're like jamming in front of a bunch of people, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I like to feel like I'm with my fucking gang. Yeah. And because when there's a hundred thousand people there, it's like you don't want your fucking cheese in the wind. You don't want to stand there like you're like, oh my god, it's just me in a fucking a bunch giant field of people yeah. I don't know. You know, it's like if it's us, then I feel a little bit more level. Do you think that like there's something? I know this definitely happens in comedy. I think it's happening a little bit less now because I think fan bases are just more fragmented, or there's less of like everyone knows one comedian. You know, but do you think that there? I feel like Foo Fighters and obviously all the bands you've been in. You can get really, really famous and still be cool, whereas... We're not cool. I disagree. No, we're not cool. I, I don't know if you are willing... You are allowed we're to total, Well, here's the thing. So, no, I know. Like, we are deaf. I've done interviews with people before where they basically say, like, what does it feel like <laughs> to play music that's obsolete? That's... that's I'll, like, I've had that... Like, I've had journalists... I, I had a guy in London that worked for a giant newspaper. That's a newspaper. dickhead. That's a dick... I agree. Of a person. I was kind of pissed, but um, no, we we're so How old was not it? cool. That's wild. It was like did, my that, age. did they get fired? And we had just sold out two nights at Wembley too. I was what like, what a fuckhead. He was a dick. Um, anyway, well, that's not true. That person's not. That is a dumb person. Well, I think a lot of people. I mean, look at this point. You know the whole dad rock thing. 
We're totally, we're so dad rock. I know 15-year-olds that are obsessed with your music. We're st- I we're, hang out with a lot of 15-year-olds. But we're totally dad rock. I mean, as, which is, we got that interview. We were doing an you're interview. You're all over TikTok. At, like, and you're not, you're actual Yeah, I know. Did you see the guy, though? Um, no, but so we were, like, in, in Singapore or something. There on are it. young people on it. Now I feel the need to Thank show God. you. Go ahead. We were in Singapore on this promo tour for the last record, and this, and this woman interviewed. First question, she's like, so... What's it like to be a dad rock band? No. Swear to no. fucking God. I, you can fucking fired, find it online. Fired, fired, Right out of the gate. Canceled. Trash But person. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, no, the, I, first of all, we are all dads. And you're right. We're a rock band. I don't like that one bit. But here's the thing. Is that I think that, you know, at this point, look, I'm 50 years old. I have fucking gray hair. I'm Look fucking. I, now I need to show you. I this. don't want to. Young, I don't young, need, cool. I don't need validation. I have to give okay? it to you. It I'm so good. mad I don't at these need people. It. It's fine. Um, so I have never. But you know, the funny thing is, I have never considered our band cool, and I like that. Because that's why you're cool, probably. We've though. sort of. Uh, that's the coolest thing of all. I know. Nine levels of um, irony, meta. But yeah, I think that um, we. There was a time I remember, like around the Learn to Fly video and stuff mm-hmm. like that. We were basically trying to make an AM Gold record. This is 1998, and I had a house outside of Alexandria, Virginia. Yep. It was in Alexandria. It was outside of Old Town. And I built this studio in my basement, and all I was listening to was, like, Andrew Gold and Jerry Rafferty and 10CC and just full-on AM Gold because at that that era of music, it was purely based on melody mm-hmm. and harmony. It was re- a really musical uh, period for music. I loved it. And that's why I grew up listening to that. Helen Reddy and Phoebe Snow, yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that. Like, I love music like that. Carly Simon. And um, that was the shit my mom and I would listen to in her Ford Maverick car. So at the time, this is 1998, music was like getting really like, Ugh! it was like yeah. new metal yeah. was a huge thing. Rap metal and new metal and stuff. I hope that's how you dance. <clears throat> Just like this. <laughs> and so I'm like a scarecrow. <laughs> and so, um, so I was like, well, fuck, man. Let's make an AM gold record. Mm-hmm. And really, honestly, we were so not uh, – we've just never been hip or cool. We just really haven't. And I think um, I think that the reason why we're still here is because we do kind of disconnect ourselves from, like, the popular stuff that's going on. But also because what the fuck do we care? Like, honestly. Right. Uh, you know – I just want to fucking play music, you know, and and having watched a lot of my friends not survive, I'm just like, I just, I just want to play. I just want to, like, be alive yeah. and play music. And I really don't give a fuck, yeah. like, if we're cool or not. So I don't want to argue with you, but you're very cool. <laughs> like the, the but you're humble and that's why you're not going to go insane. So it's good to be humble and cool. Won't argue with you. The end. And I have questions for you about music videos now. Okay. Pop-up video. I miss it. I did too. I miss it. Why did that go away? Because music video... Because think about it. If you were to do pop-up... I wanted to bring pop-up video back. I was going to ask Doug Herzog about it. But would pop-up video now just be like, boom, this was CGI. Boom, we did this in post. (laughs) Boom, this was green screen. Boom. This is a butt. This is champagne. This is a nice car. (laughs) Boom, this is a Hummer. Um... Yeah. Why doesn't that to me? Music videos were my life. Watching them over and over again. Pop up video. I live for it. I remember once someone at MTV telling me that this is fucking a long time ago, twenty five years ago. That the criteria of videos that they would program 
basically like the thing was they wanted if you they wanted the viewer to want to be in the band or in the video. Whoa. So as a viewer, if you were watching something like, you know, like fuck Blink One Eighty Two, and there's yeah. like the Learjet, and they're really funny. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh my god, I totally want to party with those yeah. guys or whatever. That that was something. Um, I, it's probably still a lot of the you know a lot of the motivation behind making v- music video. It just you know it, it's it's kind of it shows you a. a a charmed, more beautiful, rose-colored version of... Am I making sense right now? Yeah, I okay, think so. Good. I think so. I'm sweating. Why? Oh, God, you're hot? Okay, oh, I'm not letting you go yet. Okay. We're going to do a quick... First, did you do anything for Halloween? Uh, Yeah, trick-or-treated. Yeah? Yeah. Did you have a costume? Yeah, but it was lame. Really? It was like this fucking trench coat and I put on a skull mask. Oh. It was actually so... <laughs> Why do you have so many trench coats? We live in LA. Well, it's, yeah, I know. <laughs> Why do you own I a don't trench know. coat? Why did I get that what thing? What weird sex games are I don't going remember. On? Yeah. Uh, and a skull mask. And, um, and <laughs> now, well, that's another thing is like I'm walking around the neighborhood and um, I think kids are scared of me <laughs> and their parents are pissed. Oh, because... I'm scary. <laughs> like people with can't... With your skull mask on. With the skull mask. How? Maybe even without it, but like with the skull mask, yes. Yeah. Were there a lot of trick-or-treaters in your neighborhood? Uh, I, we weren't in my neighborhood, but yes, there were a ton of trick-or-treaters. Okay. I'm going to do a little speed round. Okay. Um, have you ever made a mistake and then later realized it was not a mistake? Because I'm obsessed with... Yes. Musically. Oh. Absolutely. You record something and you're like, ah, God, I fucked that up so bad. And then it was like, no, 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 keep it. And it Mistakes becomes the like best the part. best part of the song. I love that so much. And do you have songs like come to you and then you're like, fuck, I have this song in my head. I have to go do it. Like that's how jokes yes. are, I think. Is that the same in music? Well, isn't that the, like the famous Mitch Hedberg bit where he talks about like the funniest, he's got the funniest joke in the world mm-hmm. in mind, but the pen and paper are so far away. Oh, yes, 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 It's not yes, funny fuck. anymore. Yeah. I, I started stand-up after Mitch and discovered him kind of after, and I'm so glad I discovered him after I started doing stand-up because if I had seen his work before, I probably wouldn't have done it. I would have been too intimidated. He's funny. Went to Target. I missed. There you go. Still my favorite joke. Um, do you have any pet peeves? Uh, yeah. Oh, God. What are some? Besides people that are like, I don't know who you are. No. What's a pet peeve of mine? Um, I get really, I notice weird little things with people that I can't unnotice. Like me? What now? Uh, yeah, but I don't want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> Anything that no, I should know about? No, just weird things like. The sound, it's usually sound, actually. Really? A lot of chewing. Do you think you have that misophonia thing? I have that, apparently. I don't know what that is. Which is when things are just louder to you? No, I'm deaf as a fucking post. Really? But is that from playing music? Oh, yeah. Oh. But before that, I can hear voices from across the room. I can hear- Really? I- I one time went into a building and I heard like a humming sound. There's certain people that can hear certain waves or something, and it was the alarm, and it was so loud to me, I couldn't even focus. But nobody else heard it. Yeah. I'm a nightmare. Yeah, I think it's mostly like chewing sounds. The yeah. chewing thing really Chewing gum. Me. I ask people if they're chewing gum in front of me. Like, to could, stop. You, could you not? Um, wow, do I have other people? You might have misophonia. Misophonia. Or synesthesia. Isn't that when you hear in color? It's when you see, yeah, see music. It's kind of when your wires are crossed. I do have that because I don't read music, but I can hear a song and uh, I imagine the arrangement like in shapes in my head. Oh, wow. So. Whoa. Um, so I can memorize arrangements really easily and, and parts because I kind of see them. That's wild. Yeah. Is that called synesthesia? Or is that I don't a know what that is. Just genius madman? I wouldn't call it that either. I don't know sure. what it is. I think it's, uh, 
I think it's just a d- d- drummer that doesn't know how to read music. <laughs> Do you? I, I'm really big about talking about gifts because I like giving gifts. What's the best gift you've ever gotten, or a good one? The best gift I've ever. Like, what do you get, received. Dave Grohl? And I'm big on how to shop for dads, like what to get. A... You know what a good one is? Tell me. The Japanese toilet. Whoa. Like the ass blasting fucking. Oh, with the bidet. With the bidet. Whoa. That's a big one. Whoa. Yeah. You want to it... get a guy? It's not really a guy thing. I don't. Or maybe like, it is. I don't. I think it is. Let me tell you. I got one mm-hmm. as a gift. Game changer. I just shit in it. I don't use the other stuff. I don't know. It's got like a big control panel. Of... But doesn't it put water up on your tush? If you ask. But like you can like make it like oscillate. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Like water pressure. Add to cart. You could have it just like. You could just like fucking... punish yourself. Yeah. You could do that. I didn't know that. Yeah. How I'm many not... times a day are you using this thing? To shit? Yeah. How many times a like day do once? you shit? I don't know. One and a half? You only shit once a day. I think you're supposed to shit more than that. No, you're not. Yes, I think you are. Are you? I think so. Okay, maybe I do shit we, more. We got to talk about your fiber intake. Okay. How do you take care of your mental health? You really um, don't need to. You're music most... really does help. Yeah. It really does. Mm-hmm. Uh, writing helps a lot. Yep. Um, what do you write on? I write on paper. Pen and paper? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's that's actually. Who are you? <laughs> the fuck happened to you? I'm from the future. God. I usually write uh, in Microsoft Word. I wouldn't even know how to open that program. You don't. I am so. I'm practically Amish. I, I'm <laughs> you not are kidding. like a luddite. I can't. I just don't. Right. I can run. I can engineer like a, a recording session. Yep. And Pro Tools. Do all the things. Garage. Yeah. Band. Like I, I'm all good with that. But yeah. when it comes to any other level of computer savvy i just can't i think it loses some soul and emotion when you're on a computer yeah i mean it's yeah it's weird though the other day i actually did type something out on my phone um but i also have like little phone notes I should play. yeah <laughs> this is what it sounds like ding, 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 Hold on. this ding, is what ding. it sounds like when you come up with ideas <laughs> uh for songs and you're just humming them. <laughs> oh, oh, in your voice notes. In my voice notes. Oh, my gosh. I know. Hold on. Let's see what we got. Dave Grohl voice notes. Hold on. <laughs> so there's... That's fucking awesome. Uh, this is, these are, these are all your a, voice there's notes? There's 120 of these. I have them, and I'm too embarrassed to play them for you. Because mine are like jokes. Mine are like, I have a black hair growing out of my chin. Insert joke here. Wait, really? I just put like like premises down. Hold on. There, there might be. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> and then you there's... go into the studio with it. Oh, then there's actually some instruments. If I come up with an idea. So you haven't written that down. I can't write it down. Mine's too embarrassing. I can't read music. Mine are like going on stage at comedy clubs. Come on. You record other people talking no, about you? That's and fucked said, up. No, that's not. I you are fucked up. <laughs> I know how you talk about how you're fucked up, but you're really. I hate it. Can't listen back to it. Then why did you even record it? My biggest nightmare ever is that i used to have these if you put them in your itunes is that even still a thing is itunes still a thing i don't have i don't know i don't know apple music i don't know how it works title what are we doing now there used to be itunes and your voice memos would go in with your music 
chrono right your music library or whatever yeah. and i remember one night i was on a date with a guy and we came back to my house and we were hanging out and we were like maybe gonna make out and it was on just random oh no and one, <laughs> and one of my like stand-up, all i was like hey guys what's up with squirting like it was just something so embarrassing and i was just like well there goes that There's that's that. over that's no, that no bigger game killer than my nasal ass voice coming on you know what? You sh- how about this? How about you don't listen to yourself? Why don't you go like do a show and walk away thinking I just kicked ass mm-hmm. and just kind of believe that you just kicked ass? Not be in a shame spiral in the car? Yeah. I don't know what that would be like. Yeah. I can't. I don't listen to live recordings of my band. I only Ever. do that when I'm working on new shit. And also I think that when you know you're recording, you put too much pressure on yourself and you're inherently not as free and as fun. So it's never as good. Mm-hmm. And then when I don't record, I'm like, fuck. That was a good show. Oh, right. I shouldn't put myself under a microscope. I shouldn't record. And I should just be in the goddamn moment. Yeah. And these are in the cloud somewhere, and someone's going to hack them and ruin my career at some point. And Jägermeister. And Jäger. And Jäger. What else, Dave Grohl? What else do we need to know? This is your fucking show. I don't I know. I don't know. I want to talk to you forever. You done? No, I'm never done. I'm never done. Last question. Fuck. Last one. What do you got? What do you think I'll I give you ask? two more. Two more questions. You just keep going. What time is it? I mean, we'll just. I'll do. I'm not. Where do you have to be? You're I'm making taking, a fucking record right you, now. You have to go to the grocery store. No, I have to go make a record. <laughs> go pick up some batteries. Yeah, I just hang out, fucking shopping all day long, doing podcasts. <laughs> do you do it in your? Oh, this is. Wait, we didn't talk about the other podcast you're on. Oh, you're on the Bon Appetit podcast. Yes. I do have a question. Are you scared of anything? You strike me as someone who's quite fearless. Uh, what do I not like? I don't like. I don't like being strapped into things. So, like, cornered on podcasts. Yeah, like this. You don't like roller coasters. I don't like this. (laughs) Uh, I do. Yeah, I don't mind roller coasters. That's that's not. What am I afraid of? Nothing. See, unbelievable. I don't know. You're fearless man. I guess. No, not really. I I don't. Elevators, kind of. I've been stuck. Oh my god, there was once where I got stuck in it. It's only happened once. That's my nightmare. Mine too. Always. That was the one thing. And it was in Australia. It was in New Zealand. I was staying in this hotel. I was on the 60th fucking floor, like way up there. And I was checking out, and it was one of those fancy hotels where you need the key to get to your room. And the record company had given me a bottle of wine, but they had put like this Foo Fighters New Zealand label on it. Oh, cool. And so I'm like, cool. And so I get in the elevator, and I start coming down. It's like noon, and we have a show that night. Coming down, and the elevator just stops on the 30th floor. And immediate panic. I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And I'm like, so I hit lobby, lobby, lobby. Nothing happens. I hit open door, open door, open door. I'm like, holy shit. I am stuck like by myself in nope. an elevator nope. on the 30th floor right now. Nope. Holy fucking shit. So nope. I hit the little button, the call button. And it goes. Brrr. And they're like, front desk. And I'm like, hi, I'm stuck in your elevator right now on the 30th floor. And they're like, oh, my God, we're so sorry. We'll be there in a couple minutes. And I'm like, fuck. And I, the panic hit so hard that all the muscles in my back just went. And this bottle of wine had a screw top. And I opened the bottle of wine and just went, glug, 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 chugged the bottle of wine. Right as I like went, the elevator starts moving. So now I'm hammered at noon. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that sucked. The last thing, that's so funny to me. The last thing I'm going to say is not a question. It's a thank you, actually. I'm going to end this on kind of an emotional note. Um, I remember reading somewhere, like, 10 years ago something you said something in an, interv- in an interview my best friend from college is this girl lizzie goodman who wrote that book meet me in the bathroom mm-hmm. she's like a brilliant music journalist and she 
had shown me some article. You were whatever. You said something where you said there's no wrong way to grieve. Mm-hmm. You said that in something. I don't remember how. It kind of stuck with me. Yeah. And my dad passed a year and a half ago, and I didn't cry for the first couple days and then i was crying so hard i couldn't breathe sure. for like four months and then i would go numb and then i would cry and i remember the hardest part about grieving about it is that i was beating myself up mm-hmm. for not grieving properly yeah and that kept coming up in my head you saying there's no wrong way to grieve and it helped me be gentle with myself through the grieving process so i owe you a thank you for that you're welcome it's funny i think that um I mean, yeah it's weird my best friend that I grew up with that I knew since I was five years old, we were inseparable like my whole entire life. And he passed away maybe like 10 years ago and um, he overdosed on drugs and like we were so super tight. We had ESP like we knew each other so well our entire lives. We spent our whole lives together. And um, that one was really tricky because um, I still don't feel like I've, properly it was such like we had we were so close with each other and we were such a huge part of each other's lives that then all of a sudden he's gone and uh and it's weird like you you wait for that release you know you wait for for everything just to come like all crashing down or for it just to come pouring out of you and um I guess sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. You know, one really weird thing is that before Kurt died, he uh, he overdosed once when we were on tour. And I was actually back at home and he was in Europe. And someone had called me and told me that he had died. And I immediately freaked out and was a total disaster and just... Uh, crying and losing my mind. And then five minutes later, they called and said, actually, he's not dead. So then it was the greatest day of my life because he was okay. But I was just so, um, I was just so confused. Like emotionally, I was just like, oh my God, what do I even feel right now? Five minutes ago, I thought that he had died and now he's alive. And that's so weird. And so, um, so when he finally did pass away uh i was i just had such crazy emotional confusion that it was really really strange and still to this day um i don't even know if i've figured it out i mean i it's that that was a long time ago and i've talked about it and thought about it and grieved about it a lot but yeah i I don't think that there's any sort of like roadmap for it I think that each person does it in a different way and it's okay to, it's just okay if you have those periods where you feel shame for not yep. feeling more. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I don't necessarily think you should. I think it just is what it is and it'll get you, I mean, it'll get you eventually. It's, it's your body way of probably letting you feel only as much as you can take. Yeah, You know, I think that my body, I couldn't believe how, little I was feeling, but I think it was my body's way of doling the pain out a little bit at a time so that I could survive it. Yeah. And no one told me about the anger either. <laughs> no one told me that 
rage comes up mm. too. And but I did have you kind of a refrain in the back of my head of like, there's no wrong way to do this. There's no wrong way to do this. You can be nuts. You can be a loner. And I also didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to see anyone. Sure. And I would have beaten myself up about that. So you kind of stopped me, my inner bully, from tearing myself apart. Thank you for saying that. So I owe you another coffee or something. Well, that was really fun until just now. <laughs> okay. So listen. thanks a lot for having me. I love you. Fuck. It's Dave Grohl, and he's got an album he's got to go make. Oh, my God. Here we are. Dave is gone. That was scary. It's scary. I was nervous. Did I seem nervous? No. Really? No, you seemed fine. Did you like that interview? Yeah, I did. I really like him. Yeah. He's like he's, a human angel. He's a he's too good for us. He's too good for the world. Just as specifically. Yeah, yeah, say, yeah. <laughs> he shouldn't have been here. We're trash people and not good enough for Dave Grohl. I just can't believe he's just the nicest guy on the planet. Very and also, interesting. Too. Also the most talented and mindful and thoughtful. Mm. Why am I so surprised when famous people are nice? Because I've met so many monsters. <laughs> I think that's why. Normally your heroes are pretty disappointing. I don't think that's true. How many of your heroes have you met? One. Who? You. I haven't Worked been a dis- out well. I'm not. <laughs> I've probably disappointed you before. Uh, just visually, <laughs> like outfit wise. And he was super interesting. He's though. so down to earth. I feel like you wore extra makeup today for him. No, I. I only have on a tinted moisturizer. First of all, that's a tinted moisturizer. Which is what I wear every day, with sunscreen. Is it a tinted sunscreen or a tinted moisturizer? Same thing. You put not. It's not the same thing. They're it two is when you things. buy them all together. So do you put sunscreen then tinted moisturizer? It's all one thing. In case you guys don't know, Benton knows everything in the world about makeup. He used to work at Sephora and knows about all this shit. And he's the only reason I know anything. I heard that if you put tinted sunscreen on, that causes breakouts, and you should do. Some people. How dare you interrupt me in front of my fans <laughs> with logic and facts? Let me keep rambling and <laughs> providing drivel to the masses. I heard you should do sunscreen. Then makeup, not tinted SPF stuff. Yeah, you, maybe you should. That's probably true. Yeah. But, I mean, most girls That's my brand. And guys. Probably true. <laughs> New name. <laughs> most girls and guys nowadays are wearing so much makeup, the sun's not penetrating that anyways. Okay, well, but makeup isn't SPF unless it has SPF in it. Yeah, which most of them don't anymore because uh, old white women were highly against it. What does that mean? Oh, every day they would come into Sephora and be like, what makeup does not have SPF in it? Why don't they want it? They need it the most. Nobody wants it. They want to be tan. They think, people think SPF makes you, you can't be tan with it. Well, you can't, right? I mean. As you, an old white woman. <laughs> you can tan. It's protecting you from UV rays. You're not going to get as tan as if you're buttering up and laying on the beach. But, I mean, like, you're not going to be like, I mean, like, we're not translucent. I am. And Speak we, for yourself. You're no. pretty vampire-y, Yeah, it. but I mean, okay, you know what? I'm leaving. <laughs> Go, please. I dare you to try to get out of that seat <laughs> yeah. and get yeah, past I these know. lights and past these men that I keep at the door. Security. <laughs> try to get out. <laughs> um, I mean, it just you can still be like have color. Also, there's a hundred products to t- you can buy tanning water. What? Tanning water. It's like a self-tanner. I don't do self-tanner. It never goes well. But you I always, could, is the I always point. look like I have a skin disease. It looks like... Did you like, do it yourself? It, yes. That's the problem. It you looks should like, hire a professional. Okay, I don't have that kind of time. What, who Are you the professional I would hire? <laughs> no. I don't like I don't like that because something... It. I look very scurvy-y the day after. you're using the wrong one. I didn't say use like, like one from Dollar General. I meant like get a nice one. It's General Dollar, <laughs> first of all. Second no, of all... It's Dollar General. 
No, it's not. In the South, it is Dollar General. In the North. Phone in. <laughs> it is general. Both of us are dyslexic, so one of us it's is. Dollar one, General. I think it's General Dollar. No, it's not. Google it. Okay. Well, we're Dollar gonna, General. Oh, shit. Oh, we're cutting this out. Thank ben, you. Benton, Education. Benton being right is not. It, we should not set this precedent on this podcast. I thought it was fun. I do have questions for you, though, because I have noticed a lot of my straight guy friends, and this is not just an L.A. Name thing. Em. Name them. <laughs> Chris DeLear. Uh, a lot of my straight guy friends, I'm learning, are experimenting with makeup. And I'm not even joking. These are not actors. These are not even people on television. I've had a couple straight guy friends just have, like, what looks like caulk or, like, grout and I don't know what to say because obviously it's becoming more socially acceptable for straight guys to wear makeup. But I feel like, do we call them out when it looks crazy? Just do say I? What they say to women, "Are you tired? <laughs> You're so do brave. You, feel okay? <laughs> you, look you hung tired. over. That I, I hate it when people do that. I'm like, uh, I got eight hours of sleep, but thanks. That's just my face. Or, but let me ask you a question: When you were working Sephora, were straight guys coming in to buy makeup? So straight guys. <laughs> When they come in, they will try to find like I I I look like this when I work there. So uh-huh. they'll try to find someone that some people are just th- listening to this. Like Can relatable. you describe the way you look? I look As... like a buttered turkey with a beard. <laughs> um, you ever seen a muffin grow facial hair? That's what I look like. Um, <laughs> that's a fact. Blueberry. How dare you? Um, no, you look like the interior designer from Beetlejuice. Th- that is beard. so rude. <laughs> with a beard. That is the rudest thing I've ever heard in my life. I think What's the number to the Trevor Project? You don't, <laughs> we're donating. We're donating. No, you don't look like him. A lot of people on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Make it better. What I, else? A lot of people on Instagram say that you're like remind them of him. I think that's a compliment. Okay. So anyways, what I'm getting at is they'll try to find someone they relate to and they would come up and they'll whisper. They'd be like, do, what, uh, do you have any, um, is there anything in here for guys? And I'd be like, all of it. What? Buy something. Because I have some straight guy friends who I'll just see have obviously experimented with, like, concealer, but no one's told them. Like, you can't just put on any anything beige. is not going to... You have to make sure it matches your skin mm-hmm. because would, it could would... become a hate crime very quickly if you don't have the right shade. Also, we can see it. But that would require talking to someone and admitting that you wanted to wear it. That's true. So we've had this bubble. You know what I mean? But in the past, but you've men been on the, wore makeup. You've been in the trenches of this. When a man in your experience, straight man, has walked into Sephora, what do they say? They will whisper what they want to you. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll be like, I want to In your ear, this. sexually? Yeah, very, that might not I mean, be a straight get, guy. They'll be like, we need you to, we want this. Or they'll have their girlfriends ask. A lot uh, of people do that. Um, they'll have their girlfriends Every ask. guy I've ever dated has asked to use my makeup. I should probably look into that. As soon as I said that, I was like, oh, a lot of things are starting to make sense. They'll have their girlfriend ask, or, and they'll have a reason. It'll always be like, I have a job interview. I'm going to this thing. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm a news anchor. Like, whatever. Uh, it's <laughs> something that they need it for. And, uh-huh. then they and do usually... they say it's for something specific? Because every guy I've ever dated, when they have a big zit, they're like, can you help me? Yeah. But they'll never let you try it on them, which is why it never matches. Yeah. It's just guess. <gasps> but don't you, can't you match and it? Is, not is it well. Tr- is it do true? Do you wear makeup on your wrist? I don't, but this is a question. Is... Does this skin on your wrist, uh, for those of you listening, it's like right where your, I don't know, your wrist is. Uh, is that the same color as your face? No, it's the color of your wrist. <laughs> um, I mean, that's like a cool, I guess, it's like a trick if you want to do that. There's all kinds of tricks, but just put it on. Just put put it on your cheek. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that's what you should do. But And, and then they usually don't leave buying anything. They I one time was online. dating a guy, and I may or may not have been snooping in his bathroom. It's called research. It's called self-care. 
It's called trying to find red flags before you've been in a relationship for three fucking was years. Was your red flag snooping? <laughs> My, I, I, it was a red flag to him that I was snooping, but I was looking for red flags, and they're usually in the bathroom drawers. So I was quietly opening his drawers and saw some makeup, some, like, cover girl makeup. Was make- he there? He was there, yes. Oh, that's what you were doing quietly. Very quiet. Something, I've been quiet before. doesn't happen a lot, but I'm capable of it. And I saw it, and the first thing I thought was, oh, my God, he has a girlfriend, right? But then I was like, wait, a girl wouldn't use a cover, like an old, girls know that makeup expires. And I knew the packaging was old. So I was like, wait a second, is he dating a girl who has makeup from the 90s? Like, how old is this, his girlfriend? Like, it was just, it didn't really add up. And I ended up confronting him about it because I was worried that, you know, he lived with someone or something and he was like, it's mine. And I'm, it was a lot to process. And I hate that I had a judgment about it. Not because I don't think straight guys should be able to wear makeup. It was more like, uh uh-oh, is it a red flag that he's vain? Or like, is he a narcissist? Or like, does he want to be an actor? Was that really it, or was it, or was, or was it the masculinity aspect? Well, it was also more, I was like, ah, it's also a red flag that he can't be vulnerable and admit if he wants to wear makeup, he should be able to, and he's insecure, and maybe there's some something there that's a red flag. Why can't he just he, go to Sephora and just say, hey, I want some makeup to cover up my zits? Well, historically, makeup was a masculine thing. Like, in Egypt, they wore it to – it was like a – it was for hygiene. You wore that to get, keep bugs out of your – eyeliner was to keep bugs out of your eyes. Really? Yeah, and then, like – Don't we all have, like, a billion bugs in our eyelashes all I the mean, time? I don't know. I don't. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and then they have, like, the Romans rouge their cheeks. They would put, you know, rose pe- – With, like, like, blood rose, or something? Rose, yeah, blood, roses, whatever yeah. you want to think. And, I mean, and then, you know, the French, they did, like, beauty marks and powdered wigs and men wore high heels. And then it was Queen Victoria the first. She outlawed all makeup. So no one could wear it. So only she, she could? That, no, she didn't wear it. No one was allowed to wear it. She thought it was too feminine. And she linked femininity to the devil. Really? And so there was a big wave where no one could wear makeup. It was, like, illegal. Queen Victoria the first. of yes, England? Queen Victoria the first. Yeah. She did a lot of fuck. Queens did a lot of <laughs> fucked up shit. We forget. We talk about like there's no women in power. Queens were in power and they were yeah. savage. And then you know, and then you move into the 80s and you have like Bowie and you have like Scott Barnes is like kind of the 90s, 80s. And then you have like um, Prince, all those mm-hmm. people in it, dabbling in makeup again. And then guys are like, well, they're cool, so that's cool. No one is radder to me than David Bowie. Yeah. And then you move into the two thousands and there's all the guy liner, you know, there's Pete Wentz and there's um oh, uh, yeah. My Chemical Romance and Does Avril anyone... Levine. She had guy liner on. Um <laughs> I don't you, know what that means, but did it, you ever see it? That was guy. What liner. does that mean? Just no, this. You're allowed to say that. I don't that think look. I am. What does that mean? You know, like it's, just it's like androgynous. Oh, dude, guy liner is literally it's eyeliner that guys would wear, but it's done very like. But here's what I'll say: There's nothing hotter than a guy that is breaking rules. You know, so a guy wearing eyeliner or makeup, you're just like, damn, that is a iconoclast. That is a badass that doesn't give a fuck. Or it could be a red flag. It could go either way. Yeah, and you know, and then Adam Lambert popped up in the two thousands, and he was full down Mac beat. He had on you know full coverage makeup, yeah. and that was like, and then everybody was like, "Well, he's so cool." I say everybody lightly, but you know, most people. Yeah. And then, I mean, then we had the Jeffrey Star was on MySpace. And yeah. Then, so it's just evolved. But I'm talking about straight. The conversation that I'm interested in is why can't straight man, a straight man, walk into a Sephora or wherever and say, "I would like some concealer for my under eye bags or whatever it is," which Crystalia, you should do. Because we've only seen so many men wearing makeup. Yeah. So they, it's, it's connected to femininity. Yeah. But what I'm interested in is your experience of having men come in and like surreptitiously, covertly try to get it. And should we have more men's makeup? It doesn't have a gender. But makeup you, does not have a gender. There's true, no gender. But colors, unfortunately, because of social construction, whatever, 
a lot of guys probably don't want a big pink bottle on their... What foundation do you have that comes in a pink bottle? Show me one in your bathroom. They are all clear bottles with black lids. <laughs> what, what do you need? I, okay, you, you brought need... me purple eyeshadow brushes and they made me physically ill. Remember? Is, that's the the Lakers. Don't they wear purple? That's a good point. That you're you're bringing up some good I points, mean, like, Benton. And frankly, it's surprising. This is, it's ego. <laughs> okay, I'm frankly. leaving again. <laughs> um, this is that's ego. We're, you are marketing toward. That's the only time someone's markets towards your ego when yeah. it comes to men. Everything yeah. else is is you need this because you're bad and you're not good and enough. And whenever it comes to cosmetics, we have to we have to go backwards. We have to be like, oh my god, mm -hmm. we, you're gonna be so cool. So let me ask you, can we do this? I think we should do a video, a makeup video for men. For on Crystalia. For Brooke. <laughs> yes, we will use Crystalia um, and his giant eye bags. Um, and we will do, because I think that a lot of these makeup contouring videos, no one is making stuff for straight men just to go, here's how to just cover a zit. Here's how to just pluck your eyebrows. Because I'm sick of having to do it for the guys that I date. They're always like, can you pluck my eyebrows? Can you? And it's just like, I don't work for you. Yeah, but also we could avoid. And, and. I just want to save you guys some embarrassment because I'm seeing a lot of guys out there in the streets with just weird, like, dabs of whiteout on their face. It looks crazy because mm -hmm. I don't think the guys necessarily yeah, know how to tone blend. Also, doesn't cover red, which is the pimple is red. Correct, which means you have to you put— You have to color correct it. Okay, well, now you're pushing it. But I'm just saying you would if you want to look natural on a Will guy. Will you do that? Well, can you do a YouTube video? Uh, Not on me. I don't have under eye bags because I use skincare. You actually really don't. I know because I use skincare. Well, they don't to... market skincare cords, guys, either. So they all— they age like the freaking Mother Willow from Pocahontas. That's what they all look like, just that dry, barky skin. And they're like, hey. You're like, what? I think that's kind of hot, though. It's unfortunate that guys, the older they get, the hotter they look. I think. You disagree. No, I mean, that's fine. Like that's... when guys have, like, deep lines and ridges, I think it's kind of hot. Yeah, that's different than what yeah, I was that's, talking about. Yeah, I have issues with my dad. I mean, you can have you can have laugh lines. You can have laugh lines and lines on yeah. your face. Yeah. But I'm just saying, your skin. I mean, you shouldn't be able to peel your skin off in one layer. But like, I that's think you weird. should do a makeup tutorial for straight guys, the three in this room especially, uh, that is just to cover zits. If you want, guys should be able to wear make cover redness around here, mm -hmm. so that it actually looks concealed. Yeah. Because I don't think most guys understand that. I can see if you've applied makeup wrong. Women notice. You look crazy. Yeah. A lot of guys are out there in the streets looking crazy. In the streets looking crazy. Yes. It looks like a, a um, just they'll just like, they'll just put it on some old, dry, crusty ass makeup. It just looks like clam chowder. Yeah, it is different. Because men have thicker skin. And, and I mean, um, metaphorically, not necessarily. Yeah, no, well, not when emotionally. I, but when I'm... I have told, called guys out about it, like, kindly, I'll pull a guy aside and go, hey, I can, like, see your concealer. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm concealer. I'm fuck you. And then, like, we don't talk for six months. Yeah. Because, you know? I mean, yeah, I didn't it's mean emotionally thicker skin. But they physically have thicker skin, like, just on their face. Mm -hmm. And also it grows hair. So, I mean, there's a lot of different... It's different. Gu guy's skin is different. Yeah, you can't just put foundation on because it, it'll grab the texture from your hair follicle and stuff. It's huh. a, a very different. I think we should do a mini tutorial on itching your face the way you do it. You've posted about this so many times. Okay. Let it go. I'm not going to let it go because I think it's. it looks crazy, but <laughs> it it's helpful. It does not look crazy. This is how uh, uh, Benton itches his face. I do, like this. Doesn't this look 
I think it looks. It nice. looks insane. No, this it looks, looks like insane to do this. But if a... we were at a dinner party and I was like, "Yes, I love that story." Oh, by the way, if you guys are just listening, you don't know what's happening. Uh, oh, uh... Benton's crazy, ta like like tapping his face like a crazy person, um, having a seizure uh, no, just with it's his a nail. Light tap. It's a tap so that you don't rip capillaries. Is that what it's yeah. the reason is? Because you should never scratch, and you should also never put makeup on going downwards, right? Yeah, because it pulls your face down. Your elasticity. You shouldn't put skincare mostly. You shouldn't put on. You shouldn't put on with your. Don't hand. put makeup on with your hand in general i do i mean you can if you're like a makeup artist because they know Which what they're I am. doing <laughs> yeah but the, no you you put makeup on like this but you just rub both in your circles it's crazy <laughs> like it's I, insane i do it in circles i and do lots you of wipe your lip off you put makeup on your whole face and, and then wipe i do that your that's off. what i do i put makeup over my lips and then i take a towel and then wipe it off it's how i exfoliate you, you my are lips. a man doing makeup <laughs> how dare you i'm triggered <laughs> Will you tell me the quick story uh, about when you were working at Sephora and the women shoplifted lipstick? Yes. Um, we used to, when I worked, this was at MAC, mm -hmm. not at Sephora, because that makes a difference because of the way we display lipstick. So at MAC, if you've ever been into a MAC store, mm -hmm. the, all the lipsticks are out on display yeah. just to test. Yeah. This woman would come in. She would twist the tester lipstick which, by the way, those are clean. they're very sanitary, but they're clean before you use them. So uh -huh. when you put them down, this is after someone used them when uh -huh. they're sitting there. They're right. not clean. Right. She would twist them up, bite off the tester, and hold it in her cheeks and leave with it. <laughs> That's how she would steal it. Which is this first woman of all, is clever. my hero. You're my hero. I love you. If you're listening, I will hit, give you money from the cash app yeah. just for that story. When I worked at Sephora, people would you know they had that whole be on the fly section where mm -hmm. you can go and like shop little products. People yeah. would put the whole product in their mouth. And leave. You can steal anything in your mouth. Don't steal things. That's terrible, <laughs> but you can. And then uh, you used to also have, uh, you would, women would shoplift by buying an expensive cream and then bringing it back full of something else. Mm, one lady did. This was um, at a Mac again, and uh, it was Studio Moisture Cream, maybe. I don't know, but she came in, and I was a freelancer at this time, I think. And uh, the manager, she came in, and she's like, I'm going to return this cream. And, I mean, the manager of this Mac store, I mean, without missing a beat, she grabbed it, unscrewed it, and went, this is mayonnaise, and gave it back to her. So this woman reached. And the lady just left. Scooped out the fancy cream and replaced it with mayonnaise, mayonnaise. thinking it wasn't going to, no one I mean, was going to notice. It looked perfect. I mean, it, 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 had a, it was, like, swirled perfectly. I don't know how she did it, but the, I was more impressed that the manager, than I mean, she took that from her so fast. This is mayonnaise. <laughs> Ma'am, this is mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is a very specific smell. Mm -hmm. That's an easy thing to spot. All right, we have to wrap this up. But I do want you to make that YouTube video just for straight men on how to put makeup on to okay. save Find us someone. gals the stress of having to look at a man with stupid-ass beige spots all over his face. Okay, we're wrapping this up for the day. Uh, I want to make sure that you guys subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. A lot of you guys are leaving comments. You're asking me where to listen to the podcast. I can't help you. It's that list that I just said. Also, rate, review the show, please. I need your validation. I need your love and attention. I had a bad childhood. So please rate and review the show. My self-esteem is hanging by a thread. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know what's in it for you, but there's a lot in it for me. Um, subscribe, because that way you're going to get the videos first and stuff, because what we're going to do is we have the podcast come out the audio version and the next day it goes up on youtube and if you subscribe you get it faster also yeah, turn your notification bell on too so you're alerted i you know more about youtube than i do but they should subscribe Surprise. subscribe subscribe tweet questions to me so what i've been doing is on instagram stories uh like with dan levy from Shits creek and dave Grohl. i just said send me questions but also you can send them on twitter benton will go through them 
Uh, also, you can text me. Everyone's really confused about this texting thing. Uh, the number is 818-239-7527. You will text me. It will go to me. If you guys are watching, I'm about to hold it up. I get thousands and thousands of texts a day, so I can't necessarily respond to all of you, but I'm going to respond to as many of you as I can. Text me questions for the guests, things you want me to talk about on the show, photos, stuff. Please no dick pics. Begging you. Dog pics, fine. Dick pics. If you do send me a dick pic, I just want you to know I'll probably show it on the show. So keep that in mind. 818-239-7527. It is real. It's not a bot. Don't be a dick. Um... Is there anything else we need to plug? Uh, Dave Grohl, just in general. Was there a hashtag for the Twitter they're supposed to use? Yes, there was. Uh, Let me finish. I was going to get to that. No, I totally forgot. Yes, good for you pod. Hashtag good for you pod. When you text questions, ideas. I actually do want ideas for guests. I have, I think, a lot of good ones, but I don't want to only do comedians because left to my own devices, I'll just have all of my comedian friends on. Um, Jim Jeffries is coming. Bobby Lee is coming. Busy Phillips is coming soon. Lots of amazing people. But I want ideas for guests because you guys have had really good ideas, and it makes my job easier if you do it for me. So hashtag good for you pod. Guests, questions, comments. Concerns. Concerns, frankly. Notes for Benton. Yeah. Preferably um, nice ones. Uh Anything else? No, I think that was really nice. I thought you did a good job. Um, I'll tweet that at you later. I don't. I don't think I even follow you on Twitter. You do. Do I? Oh, because you did it for <laughs> no, me. No, because you did it the first day I met you. You are so rude. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen your tweets. Did I block you? No, I would know that. Um, how do you think I've done? Second episode. I think you've done really good. Um, you've held you in a lot of great. Good... <laughs> and you... you're. I also twitched when you said that. Yeah, because I'm not wearing glasses. Um, you have. I'm sorry that I also have medical conditions. There, I don't think you. Uh, I, you have glasses. You have what? I you mean, don't. You don't have a claim on mental problems. Okay. <laughs> That's my thing. Um, I thought you've stop done, stealing my bit. I thought you've done really well. Really well. Uh, Why not? Yeah, great. You've done great. I'm getting there. Okay. You've held in a lot of your crazy. You've, <laughs> you've handled everything really good. Really well. Yeah. Well, good. Regular. Typical. You were really normal. I liked it all. Okay, I don't. This is, feels very passive aggressive. No, you're doing great. You, great. I got, got nothing is worse. Nothing feels worse for me than getting a compliment. Me too. I get that, very, is that a comedian thing? Uh, I think it's just a uh, a what's it called when you have what's the thing where you have trauma. Um, <laughs> no, it's where you. I grew up around a lot of borderline personality disorder, where what somebody said and what they meant were different. A lot of indirect communication, and there was a lot of like, everything's fine. You did so good. Just I don't oh, know. I just don't believe anybody. Yeah, me either. I'm like, do you have imposter syndrome? I'm like, I'm like, I have that. Yes, and I also feel like I always feel very. This is probably a different conversation, but I always feel very like expendable. So I'm like, when like you did great, I'm like, I don't trust that. Hmm. I'm like, I'll be gone. <laughs> when I tell you that, do you believe me? Anybody, my mom, no matter who it is. When I'm I give like, you compliments, do you believe me? When do you give me a compliment? Can we can we go back to one? <laughs> I've given you compliments before. <laughs> no, you have, you have. But I mean, but you know them. I wouldn't be around you if you were. Yeah, my... I don't need compliments. I like that's something that I think that also comedians have in common, and especially you're like this, and I really like this about you. Uh-oh. Hot take. Um, you you don't need val- a lot of validation, and I don't feel like I need that. I feel like I'm doing. If, if... I do need it. Subscribe, subscribe. <laughs> Download validation. That's... I need it in form of downloads and hashtags. Yes. <laughs> but like, you don't need someone to tell you good job. I you, you do. For... Yes, I do. Okay, then never mind. I, it depends. She sucks. Sorry. It depends on who. <laughs> it actually depends on who. Like, I definitely, if someone, like if uh, Mako over here, one of my producers, if he was like, that was good, I'm like, well, you have to say that. What are you going to say? 
that was bad. I do have that little inner monologue, but if it's someone who has no, gets nothing out of it, I believe it. Like after I disagree. My, can I finish my sentence? I have a big it. humble brag on the way. Uh, after my special last came out, Jay Leno called me and was very, very kind about it. And I believed him because I was like, he didn't have to do that. See, I feel like it'd be more really to come from uh, the producer. Really? Yeah, because I feel like uh, famous people are just gonna be like, "Oh, we're both famous. We're so great. We love you guys. You did a good job." Uh huh. And I would, I would feel, I would feel. I mean, I think that Jay was serious because I was there when you got that. But uh, he also wouldn't have, like, if he I didn't have in, to do. If it. I run into a comedian in the hallway right after my special comes out, and they're like, "It was so good," I'm like, "Okay, well, what else are you gonna say?" You know. Okay, then I, yeah. But okay. if someone goes out of their way to reach out, that's when I feel like I can hear it. Yes, agree with that. So that's what I, what you just said is what I was saying. I feel like people that are doing the same thing, like, what a are they lot of times do? Like, you we, suck. it sounds like we're fighting, but we actually agree. Yeah. We fight over the things we agree about. My thing is, I look for, instead of compliments or validation, what I look for in you is when you give me advice or, like, constructive criticism, I, that's more meaningful to me. Because if you weren't doing it, then I'd be like, oh, she doesn't think I can do that or she doesn't care. Does that make sense? That's what I think. I mean, I think I always forget sometimes that you also should wrap criticism in compliments. Like, here's all the things you're doing well and here's it. But, yeah, I think that the biggest compliment to me is when someone uh, that I look up to gives me constructive criticism because – they wouldn't spend time trying to help me be better if they didn't yeah. believe in me or respect me. I learned that And they want retail. me to succeed, huh? I learned, I learned that doing retail. Really? Yeah, because that's the way that you're taught to give feedback to people. You're told, like, if we're not giving you feedback, it's because we don't think you can do this job. Oh, wow. They're investing in yeah, you. Yeah, because they really are. When you get hired to do I think everyone should have to work retail, at least, or retail or food services at least three years if they can have any other job. Wow. Because it prepares to. you for everything. It prepares you for a lot of things, but also it's just because you treat people different when you've had to do that. You're very sagacious, and you have a very good read on people. Like, you can read someone's energy very quickly, which probably a lot has to do with the amount of retail you worked. Yeah, I think a lot of that also has to do with comedy, too. But yeah, Oh, yeah, that's a good point. But I think that, um, yeah, I think you should have to work retail because I think that people that don't have never had to do it, they look at the mall or that experience as like a luxury for them. Like everybody works for them. They're coming into a space where you have to treat them a certain mm -hmm. way, which you should treat your customers well. But I think that when you're on the other side of that and you've had to do it, when you go into a store, you feel differently. You're like, here's what I need. I did the research. I, you're not trying to make that person's life harder. You're more respectful. Yeah, I, think I know. Everyone I know that and i did not succeed as a waitress uh for more than i think it was like three hours um but everybody i know who's been a waitress when they're so much more fun to go to restaurants with because you never have to worry about them mistreating wait staff or not tipping mm -hmm. enough or being disrespectful yeah. i also you probably didn't succeed that's probably a comedian thing too i don't think comedians can have other jobs that i that i would be proof of that i was not a good manager as a full but you got but a lot I of was. good jokes out of it my favorite yeah. is um the thing about when people ask about the price yeah. When, say when people it? say, uh, it's, um, they ask stupid questions. They're like, is this the price? And you're like, on the price tag? Yeah, that's the price. <laughs> I do we that didn't too. Hide it. I didn't even realize that I did that. I'll be like, is this the price? Like, are you sure? Yeah. Positive? Because Final they, answer? Yeah, it's so weird. Not on sale? That's what they're saying. They're saying, like, yeah. is well, there not people a People want to haggle with you. They're like, well, what if I. No, that yeah. is, this, this is what it is. This isn't a flea market. This yes. is. What are you doing? Yeah. I love uh, hearing your retail stories. Um, we have to wrap this up, even though I want to keep talking. Well, luckily, there'll be more of these. Yes, there will be more of these. Podcasts. If you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel, tweet questions using the hashtag, hashtag goodforyoupod. And we should wrap this up because I need to eat something. My blood sugar is starting to plummet. Well, I had a good time. Did you? Yeah. Not a great time? Oh, my God. <laughs> I can turn she any, hates it. I can turn <laughs> any compliment into an insult. It's depressing. Okay, love you guys. See you on the internet. Bye.